Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. Good evening. This is the Wart with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. Tonight we are live on Facebook, live on YouTube on the Govs Comedy Club Radio channel. We're also live on our homepage, GovsRadio.com. And boy, do we have a fantastic show for you tonight. We have Peconic Brewing in the house. But first, we are going to get right to our special guest that we told you coming up tonight on the Zoom tonight. We have our friend, our buddy, our pal, Zane Lamprey in the house. What's up, Zane? What's going How on? How are you guys? I'm yeah, actually, yeah. I'm, you, you guys are based out of Strong Island. Is that right? That yes. is right. You are a New York bred boy, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm from Syracuse. Do you really call that New York? Because I've had an yeah. argument before. <laughs> well, if you, if you, New York adjacent. If you say you know, the hard yeah. streets of Syracuse, then you're definitely a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> there are. There's like one hard street in Syracuse, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not from there. I'm yeah. not. All right. Well, Zane, thanks a lot for spending some time with us tonight. We want to get right to you. We usually do some promos and, and kind of bullshit for a couple hours and so. But we want to get to you because you have a fantastic thing happening that is right up our alley. And that is a comedy tour, a uh, 90-city comedy tour, if I'm not mistaken, at yeah. breweries all across the country. And you already had started that, right? This It already has started. Um, I haven't even started rehearsing that. Oh, right. No, I, 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 I've been writing it for about two years. I was supposed to do it la- uh, in 2020, but of course, you know, we got stopped by that. Why? Uh, what happens? Uh, <laughs> it, it was this little thing. It was a, it was a snafu, if you will. No biggie. Yes. No biggie. No one was, no one was affected. Just me. Um, I actually <laughs> I start that on uh, on June 3rd uh, okay. out here at LA Ale Works. And then it goes all the way through until December 18th at Mission Brewing in San Diego. Wow. And uh, I'm actually, I'm going to be in, in Long Island on October 3rd. Yep. At Blue Point. Yep. That's going to be an amazing event. If anyone listening knows who the heck I am and is interested in going, <laughs> go go and get tickets because this the shows are selling out very quickly. Uh, you go to ZaneLamprey.com and you can get tickets to all the shows uh, on on May fifth, there will be a few more shows added, and then and then that is it because that is all the calendar will allow me. Between the calendar and my wife, 
yeah. <laughs> the number I'm a, of days I'm allowed out at breweries uh, drinking, if you will. And I will. And I will. And we will. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I, I want to say this. Uh, you're also, your liver is going to have to figure itself out here, right? Correct? I mean, 90- I'm on my third liver. I don't even know whose liver this was. <laughs> but I tell you what, it is, it is fantastic. And it is doing a fantastic job of scrubbing out all the booze from the night before. I want to get into a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, for those, again, who don't know who you are, um, this is Zane Lamprey, uh, host of one of my favorite drinking shows, uh, Three Sheets, also oh, yeah. of uh, Drinking Made Easy, old yeah. school HD net programming, loved it yeah. when it was on. Um, and of course, uh, continued on from there, had uh, Four Sheets, did Chug, also uh, has a clothing line and Venture. I want you to talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, the upcoming brewery tour and probably many other things. You're just a, a hustler out there constantly <laughs> at work. I have to. I have to. Well, I have to work twice as hard right now because of, you know, hashtag 2020. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we're everything that I do works together. And, and you know, oh. look, I, I, I've been I've been very lucky to have had the opportunity to host three sheets. I didn't take that show for granted one one day that I was doing it. Uh, the same with drinking made easy, uh, which was made a little bit more difficult by the fact that I had my my best friend Steve McKenna in that show. Oh yeah, uh, you would know. Any gray hairs I have in my head are attributed to that. Young man. <laughs> He's right there, Zane. He's sitting on my tap. I don't know, it's hard that, to see. Oh, it's man. Tiny. oh my god, that is that is. is Steve. That's old school uh, Steve sticker. That is old school. That is when Steve was fun. Yeah. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve doesn't drink anymore because, quite frankly, there's nothing left. He 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 drank it all. He's done. Yeah. So and now he and now he lives in all, all places uh, Utah. Oh. Is, so he's a non-drinker in Utah, joining the rest of the the many there many drinkers, but many non-drinkers out there. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, adventure clothing line because uh, I'm wearing probably one of the first prototypes, the drinking jacket. Tonight. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. It's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, drinking jacket. I got well, it. Well, you know, gift. look, it, it started as a as as like like you said, a drinking jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, I, I also have a. My wife and I run a, a, a pet rescue, so yes, we, there there may or may not be about twenty animals in my house, and one of them is just <laughs> oh, one of them needs to say hi then for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a cat. Exactly. Oh, it's a pup. Oh, it's a cat. There you go. Hey, buddy. What are you doing? I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of work. I can't see you right now. I'm so sorry. She'll come back. Um. So, uh, yeah. So, adventure. You know, the first thing we made right there is is the drinking jacket. Which was kind of tongue in cheek, like it. It really isn't like something that you take out drinking. Although it, it was amazing at, at beers festivals, and so some people are like, "Oh, I didn't buy it because I'm not a, I'm not that big of a drinker." It was like, no, it was. It's just a cool sweatshirt with a lot of like you know, like innovations and stuff built into it. So that led to the adventure hoodie, which led to adventure the brand, mm. um, and we make um, innovative apparel for travelers and livers of life. And by, by that, we mean people that, that like to get out there, explore, have a great time. We don't make like, you know, you're not going to wear our stuff when you're cl- climbing the North face of, you know, wherever the North face is. Um, and, uh, but, but really it's more for travelers and, and people who like to have uh, a, a good time and, and enjoy an adult beverage. And so now we actually um, plant three trees with every purchase. So it's ADV three and T-U-R-E. The first E is a three because we plant three trees with every every product sold. So oh, wow. we planted, I don't know what the number is now, but it's somewhere over two or 300,000 uh, trees that we planted in the US. 
Wow. Um, and you know, are we making a difference? We are. Are we? Are we doing it quickly enough? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but we're definitely raising awareness for people that need to know that they're. We need more dogs. Yeah. And we need more. <laughs> James you know, is going to go run and get the dog. dog was. She could have played it cool, pretend like it wasn't your dog, but the fact that you ran out, everyone knows it was your dog. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there he is. Hey, you got to show a pup. Oh, oh, and the dog shame. is wearing a speaker on his face, too. That's why oh, it was so loud. It's a megaphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Projecting sound all over the place. Uh, Zane, so this comedy tour, I, I want to find out a little bit about this. I know you said you hadn't rehearsed just yet. But uh, how did this come about? What was the essence behind it? Uh, besides, you know, Babesy drinking for free for 90 days out of the year. Huh? Yeah, I mean, why? I, I technically haven't paid for a drink since the late 90s. But smart. Uh, <laughs> the, I was both. I mean, I actually, I started three sheets in 2007. So I guess I was stealing them for about eight years. Mm. But, you know, and, and it's funny. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I, 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 I rehearse my stand up every, every day. I'm writing and rehearsing all that kind of stuff. Um, What's interesting is I went and did a stand-up comedy tour. Um, the last one I did was Drinking Made Easy. Yep. And that was that was the Drinking Made Easy comedy tour, which was launching the show Drinking Made Easy, which was on, as you mentioned, Mark Cuban's HDNet. And yep. I couldn't very well go on the Drinking Made Easy tour and talk about three sheets. I couldn't talk about, you know, getting drunk in, in, uh, in Moscow and then a machine gun comes out or, you know, uh, drinking in Champagne, France, or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so this is really like this. And 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 by the way, it was the beginning of Drinking Mid Easy. So we didn't even have Drinking Mid Easy stories. So this is a lot of my favorite stories from Three Sheets, Drinking Mid Easy, some from some of the other shows I did. Um, but, you know, just really like when you drink for a living and you're traveling around the world, uh, <laughs> shit happens. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I'll just, I'm going to say that. I don't know if you guys have ever been in that situation, but stuff goes down. So this is, and, and there's not really like, like, you know, it's not like you're, you're, we could be videotaping when the stuff actually happens. So these are more stories, right? Like, like you don't know when a night is going to go sideways. So you, you end up with an amazing story. So these are a bunch of those, of those stories. Um, and, and other things as well, you know, delving into other parts of my life. It's basically like a collection of things that I've done wrong because that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's what comedy is. It's my yeah. mistake. It's usually, yeah. That's usually the best stuff right there. It is. It's, it's, it's self-deprecating because it's accurate. Uh, it's self-defecating because I'm talking about Steve McKenna and, you know, <laughs> listen, listen, guys, we went to Cortland college. I don't know if you've been there, if you know anyone has gone there, but you understand what I'm talking about. Mm. Yep. Plenty of plenty of uh, shenanigans happen at the old SUNY schools. You know, there's sometimes there's nothing but shenanigans going on. It depends. It depends who you are, who your friends are. So, so that you know that that's really what the stand up is about. Um, and this is, you know, what's interesting is, I've done, I've done four drinking shows. Uh, I've done a Food Network show. I've done some shows for National Geographic Channel. You know, Travel Channel, Food Network, whatever. And, and really when you're doing that, no matter how good you can do or how much work you put into what you're doing, at some point, someone just flips a switch and you're done. When they decide that you're done, you're done. And, and you're kind of standing there like, okay, what's next? And they're like, I don't know, you're, you're dead to us. You know, you, you, you go figure it out. And so that's what a lot of my life has been is those highs and those, le those lows. Just one day you're on top of the world and the next day figure out what's next. And so I've always wanted to do a stand-up tour, but honestly, I've been too busy shooting because the shooting 
usually happens during the summer when it's nice. And so um, this year, actually, which was supposed to be last year, I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to do the stand-up comedy tour. I don't care if a show comes along. Sorry, I'm, I'm busy. I'm going to go do stand-up because this is what I've been dying to do for, you know, get back to for a long time. And, and the thing is you're doing a stand-up comedy tour. No network is going to come in and shut you down. You know, <laughs> right. it's just like, it's, it's just you and, and that, and God, and the only person that could have stopped my tour, you know, in 2020 was God. And then she thought it'd be funny if she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why I said she, but you know, could be who knows because because I tempted her. I said, you know, only you can shut it down. She's like, watch. So, um, um I yeah. want to talk a little bit about uh, Monkey Rum because last time, uh, honestly, we met. Uh, I was in New York City uh, on the opening release of Monkey Rum at one of the bars in New York City. It was probably one of the most memorable day memorable days that I had, and I'll explain why in just a moment. If you, if you remember it, then obviously you're doing something wrong. Well, I don't <laughs> remember the second half of the day. I'll okay. put it that way. Okay. So we were headed off to a 311 tour over on Pier 96 right after we were hanging with you guys for a few oh, hours. God. Do you remember? Oh, so you don't. So that's what you don't remember. That's the part where things start getting blurry. And believe it or not, right after that, my friend's girlfriend had tickets for us at the Sarah Borales concert at Madison Square Garden Theater. So I went to you, and then I went to 311, and then I went to Sarah Borales. You, you went to two concerts in one night? What oh, yeah. That? I didn't mean to. I just got dragged to it. I was so drunk not to say no. Oh, my God. I'm amazing. standing in the middle of uh, an all-female audience wondering what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> still, yeah. Still pretty drunk off of some Monkey Rum, that's for sure. Well, I listen, Monkey Rum is an amazing brand. It's an amazing rum. It's, it's, it's an amazing group of people. I'm not, I, I have moved on from it. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, let's leave it ambigu ambiguously like that. That's, I, not, I'm a, that's, I'm, that's I'm not a word. Kind of annoyed that I drank my bottle then, too. I didn't see <laughs> yeah. it either. Yeah, we were fine until you came along and drank all of it. So yes. and then <laughs> went, it, it went to like 17 concerts in a night. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those days where I just talk about it, but it starts off with you at like 11 a.m. <laughs> drinking monkey rum oh at a bar in New York City. And and was Steve there for this one? Yeah, oh, yeah. I have a picture of uh, you, me, Steve, and my buddy uh, whose girlfriend ruined my night. So we, yeah. have, a, we have a good one. We, uh, so was that where Steve was dressed as a professor? Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Again, guys, listen, guys, this is a series of my mistakes. Okay. That was one of them. <laughs> that was a mistake. That was fantastic. He walked around. <laughs> no, just a... dressing Steve like, uh, like, uh, like, like someone smart. is just a contradiction of images. <laughs> did he have a, did he have a monocle? I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have monocle, but he had these, he had these little John Lennon yes, like, sort of glasses a... and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. He was great. We hung out and talked with him for a while. And he, yeah. uh, like, it was the OG. He said he'd been drinking with him for uh, 30 years or so. Yeah, Steve, guys was, Steve was great. Steve was great. Yeah. He was. Was he a and guy from, from college, from Cortland? We went, to, we went to Cortland together. Okay. Um, you know, there's a really good story. I will save it for my stand-up. Mm. But, but, but I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you the beginning and the end. He, he um, we woke up one day, and, and, and this was the biggest snowstorm in the last like hundred years in Cortland, I, I think it was like 1998 or something like that. Okay. And we woke up and there was like three, three and a half feet of snow. And so you turn on the radio as one did at that time to see like what was closed. And of course the whole college was closed. So what did everyone do? You couldn't, you couldn't, I mean, you can't expect me to make it to class. There's so much snow and I just, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, it's, you know, well, school's closed. Like, okay, well, are the bars open? So we went, we went downtown Cortland, all the bars were open and they were packed. And, and so we went to the po point, like we went, we went in and it was like six people deep 
And the only way you're getting drinks is if you knew that person who was kind of camped out at the front of the bar and that person was Steve. Ah. And so uh, it ended, uh, that's kind of, I'm not sure if I tell the whole joke or if I save it. Ah, mm. screw, screw it, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> so so <laughs> we were just set it up and then, hey, you want the rest? Yeah. Come and buy yeah. tickets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then we get to this point where, where there's a, uh, there's like a sewer break, I guess, because of the cold or whatever. And it was just like, holy cow, the whole bar cleared out. But Steve like kept his kept his spot at the bar, like like a trooper, like, no, I'm not leaving, whatever. And it cleared out, whatever. And everyone went back into the bar. And and uh, the next morning, Steve was just laughing uncontrollably, as he will. And it was like, what's going on? He's like, man, I think you guys kind of overreacted when I when I when I cracked my pants last night because. <laughs> So, 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 so it was, it was him. Steve was, Steve was the reason. Oh. And, um, and so the, 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 what happened with this story is when I was doing three sheets, we had one camera guy. When we had drinking middies and we had two camera guys, sometimes three, but we had one camera guy for three sheets. So we would, on a two shot, we would shoot the whole interview. The, the person I was interviewing and me, whatever, just stay on a wide shot. Then sometimes go to the drink and move around, whatever, but we needed listening shots. So after the interview, they would come and they would focus on me and I would laugh and I would go like shaking my head. No, shake my head. Yes. And drink and whatever. Just do things. So the editor had something to cut to. Mm. Then we, we switched around and we would shoot the, my, the interviewee and like, okay, now, now uh, make a happy face. <laughs> uh, say No. And like, they just, their acting was horrible. Like, okay, this, this isn't working. I need to tell them a story. So I'm telling this, I'm telling this story in reverse, but because this part kind of comes first, but I was like, I need to tell them a story that runs the range of emotions. There's a laugh in there. There's a weird face. There's a no, like, just so just shoot him like camera guy, just shoot this guy for two minutes. I'll tell him a story. You'll end up with every rea reaction you want. <laughs> And so I told them that story about Steve crapping his pants. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, it, it, it's a, uh, it's a pretty gross story. <laughs> it's classic. But I was determined though. as a comic. I was like, no, I'm going to figure out how to tell this story and make it funny. And I never quite figured it, figured it out. So if you watch the first four episodes that we shot of three sheets, which were Ireland, Wales, uh, Belgium and Champagne. Anytime you you see a reaction shot of of one of the people I'm interviewing listening, they're listening to that story. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch like all the episodes. Yeah, right? you have to go back and watch. Be like, if, if they make like a like a face like this, this is when I literally said, and he crapped his pants, and they're like, so, you, <laughs> so, you, so you'll catch that. Uh, we have a uh, we have a little bit that we do towards the end that we're gonna do with the Peconic Boys. Uh, Steve uh, asked three questions. Uh, to you, uh, and we actually have to have some beer-related questions here. So, Steve, take it away with your three questions, and I promise at one point we'll dub in. I don't know in. why I don't have any peconic beer in front of me because well, <laughs> it was too fun. quick. It was too quick of a turnaround. By the way, thank you to uh, your tour manager Derek for getting back to us quick. It was kind of like a a very quick turnaround last or late last week, and then we were out of peconic over the weekend, so it would have been tough tough run. But we'll get you some. I'll, you yell, I'll yell at Derek about it. It's Derek's fault. Yeah, <laughs> in October go. when That's you come to Blue fair. Point. I have tickets. I'll uh, I'll sneak in the back with Derek and uh, get you some local stuff. There we go. There we go. Yeah. See, I make good. That's on how it, it works. <laughs> so Steve has uh, three questions for you. I don't have a jingle. We'll dub it in later, like uh, Zane dubs in the reactions. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, you go ahead, Steve. Take it away. Uh, so uh, I always ask uh, our guests three questions, and I have to break it up because normally at this point, everybody's drinking a whole lot, and they forget the second question after I say it. Okay. So these are beer-related, and uh, first one, what was that that beer you had that turned you on to craft beer? Like that first, and you're like, what is this all about? Why, you know, why is this so delicious, and how do I get more? You know, I don't know when that happened because even drinking like, you know, I used to like, uh, I mean, I still do, but like Newcastle brown ale, you know, Newcastle. Ah, brown. Yeah. And so that was, that was always when I would go in, that's what I would drink. And I knew that it was like something different, but you know, this is I think maybe 20 years ago where we didn't have a lot of different options and stuff yeah. like that. So then when I tried someone else's version of, of a brown i was like oh wow this is the same yet different and isn't that's the kind of thing right where people are starting to we're starting to deviate away from those styles and get a little experimental but i think you know like one of my favorite craft beers is um and when i had it it was kind of like i'll tell you what when i had it i said you know what i gotta make the guy who owns this brewery my best friend so i can get <laughs> more of it and so that beer was uh, Maui Brewing Company's Coconut Porter, Toasted oh, Coconut Porter. Yes. Mm. And so when I went to shoot the Hawaii episode of Three Sheets, we landed. And um, and he, they, um, I'm trying to think of the order in this, which this happened. They sent us, they sent us some, um, they sent us some, like for a hotel room or whatever it is, uh, some, some of, of, the, of that uh, Toasted Coconut Porter, ice cold. And it was like amazing. And I was like, every day we were there, I'm like, we need to get more of this beer. And then when I finally went and sat down and met, met Garrett, I'm like, okay, I'm glad this guy is cool because he's going to be my, du- my new best friend. <laughs> and, I and I'll tell you the story. He, and, 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 you know, and he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, Garrett was at my wedding and guess what we drank at my wedding? And, uh, and, and we, you know, we, we vacation uh, every year. I talked to him, you know, at least once a week. And so like, you know, that's, Listen, that's what you get. You make you make great beer. You get me as a friend. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, what is your favorite style of beer? Um, I like man. You know, it would be easier. It's like if you're asking me, like my, my favorite sibling, if it's my brother. <laughs> and by the way, it's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was actually easier than picking my favorite uh, my favorite beer. <laughs> You know, I, I like I like a good stout, hmm. nice. and and I like a good lager, and I like a good porter, <laughs> and I like a good red. It's just keep I just keep going on and on. You know, look, I, one of the one of the cool things about craft beer, especially now, like like you know, like within the last five years, I think uh, is that, and you guys would know this. It's like it really is. It's it's everywhere. It's everywhere in in a, in, a, in a great way, and you can go like you can go anywhere, almost any even small town, and you can find a brewery. And the fact that you can actually go and drink something local to me is one of the most exciting things about about traveling. I love to go and drink what's local, what's made there, that kind of thing. And so beer is really it's just the embodiment of of, of that. So. I just, I love to go around and, and drink just the local stuff. 
So whatever, whatever you got that's local, let me taste it. Let me see how they're doing it here. There you go. And, and last but not least, what would be, if you walked into a bar, what would be that beer that you always look for? You know, it's, I get asked these questions a lot. What's your favorite place to go? What's your favorite beer? What's whatever. And for me, the, the, the variety is really the this, this, this spice of life. And when I go in there and go into, uh, you know, a, like, okay, I was at a, a place called McLeod's, which is a brewery uh, out here owned by Alistair McLeod, a nice a, a Scotsman. He's got a brewery in, in Van Nuys, California. And I went there for the first time last week. And he's got a bunch of uh, cask ales, you know, real ales, hand pumps. And I walked in, I was like, oh, give, give me those. You know, I, 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 I want to try those. I, I'm always looking to try something different. And then they were and they were fantastic. They were amazing. So, you know, I've, I've tried so much. I like to often just go in there and see, like, what's new? What do you, you know, you, you do something with hot peppers. You do something with local ingredients. You do something like a throwback or whatever it is. Like, to me, I, I'd like to... I like to mix it up. And, and really, that is the magic of craft beer. Very, very seldom you walk into a craft brewery and they're like, try our beer. Like they, like, like they have one beer, you know? <laughs> you guys like to mix it up too. Of course. I, uh, I, my question, because where you live in California, being one of the epicenters of the craft beer scene, how have you seen things change over the last few years? Has it gotten to the point where there's a brewery in every town? Is it's, there a, a point of... Um, complete saturation, you know, how's that business model going out there? If I, if I were to open a beat, a brewery, when I was hosting three sheets and I opened one in Los Angeles County, I would have opened the first brewery in Los Angeles County since the prohibition. Jesus. Wow. And now, so, so there, there were no breweries out here in 2006. I might have that off by a year, but actually, don't, I actually don't think that I'm, that I'm wrong. So, so now there are probably, 30 at least breweries. And, um, you know, there's, I'm just like, I'm sitting in my house pointing, which does nothing for anyone. <laughs> you guys, whatever. North, South, East, West. <laughs> I mean, look, guys, there's one there. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I'd say there's easily 30 in Los Angeles. Uh, San Diego really more so is way ahead of the curve yeah. uh, with, with, with breweries. And at one point, I think when we were shooting drinking made easy, there was like, you know, in the area, and we're talking that whole area, not just in, in, in San Diego, there was maybe like 25 to 30. Now, okay. now if there's a, if I guess there's a hundred, I'd probably be on the low side. Hmm. So, yeah, it, so, so it, it really is. It's really catching up. San Diego was, was ahead of the country. LA was, was behind, which is kind of weird, but you know, we're so fancy and entitled out here. Who, you know, we're <laughs> lucky we have one brewery. Oh, that leads me into this question. I mean, you guys, you picked uh, 90 different cities with a brewery. Um, how did that selection go? Was that something based on capacity, based upon just regional? What, what was the thought process that went into it? Man, it's all, it's all those things. The last time I did a tour, it was, it was routed by my agent. And routing is basically, look at a map. You got Boston, Providence, Hartford, New York City, Newark. And you're just like, okay, this is the, this is the route we're going to take. And then we got to find a, a theater in each one. As long as you do it in, with, with enough, enough notice, you can find a theater and then you route it. For us, it wasn't that easy because breweries are not set up to do big stand-up comedy shows. I mean, you know, we're doing like at Blue Point, we're doing 300 people. Yeah. Um, some of them, some of them are a little small, smaller. Some of them are, are, are a little bit bigger, but um, 
you know, it, it's, it was, it was a huge challenge doing the route, then finding breweries in those places that would work out. I mean, there's some breweries that are great breweries and they're like, Oh, we can only fit a hundred people. And it's like, I just, you know, we got, we got our overhead too. That we, right. you know, we got to be able to take, to cover all the staff and travel and all that kind of stuff. And so we had to sort of make decisions on different places that would work and all that kind of stuff. And then we had to change the routing a lot and just, you know, really shift things. And now we're, um, we have probably 10 more breweries left to announce on, on Cinco de Mayo. And then, uh, you know, hopefully at that point we're done, we can focus on the marketing of that and, and the collaborate. So the collaboration beers, we're making collaboration beers with all the breweries. Right. Oh, well, awesome. Um, and so all those collaboration beers will support uh, local animal rescues, um, which again that's is something that's, that's important to us. Um, we like to grow trees, and then we like to grow animals that will pee on those trees. <laughs> circle of life. It's you know, beautiful. Life. That it, when they say circle life, that's what they're referring to. Um, you, uh, so, can you tell us what the collaboration with uh, with Blue Point is, or is that yet? Or is it be, the same across all of them? We no, yeah, no, it's not. It's not the same. Okay. Um, uh, one of my tour managers is heading up the collaborations. I I don't know what the status of the beer with Blue Point. Uh, we're the tour starts in Florida, of course, because they've been open since, you know, 2020. <laughs> and, then, and then Texas, Texas, likewise, Oklahoma. Oh, well, they team. defeated it a few weeks ago. They announced yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they did. They keep beating it, losing and beating it again. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, uh, and so those are the collaboration beers that are starting, like like we're doing one with St. Arnold. Um, you know, a lot of them are in Cigar City, um, some great breweries. Oh, yeah. So they're, um, you know, they're session beers. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons for this one. You want people to drink seven beers at the show. Yeah. I, but yeah, still look. not cause a disturbance at the show. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. I want, I want the breweries to make so much money at these events that they're excited for, for the next round of, you know, dates and tours and stuff like that. I want people to be able to pace themselves and like, let, let's be honest. And not shit their pants. Not to put a finer point on it, but yes, exactly. That's the, that's the point. Pretty much. And if you think that that's not going to happen in all 90 shows, there's <laughs> always going to be one. There's always going to be one or several. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're doing, we're doing a bunch of session beers, some really cool stuff. If, if I was smart, I would have had one here. If my wife hears me, she'll probably bring one in. I hear a rustling. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's the I don't know. And Mel's oh, yeah. on her way. She's yeah. got two, two puppies <laughs> Mel, in each hand. <laughs> Mel is on her way. I don't know if she heard me. I have beer in the back. Yeah. Um, so th this comedy tour, give us the big plug. I don't want to, I know you have another interview coming up and I don't want to draw out too much time from you. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Look, it's, it's, it's look, we're, we're doing uh, like nine, 90 breweries across the country. There is absolutely a brewery near you. Yep. Go to zanelamprey.com. You can uh, see all the tour dates, all the locations. If, if someone's th thinking about it, get yourself a ticket because they're they, like I said, they are selling out out quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, we were doing uh, like shows in New York City and Boston and wherever before. Um, we were doing venues that could hold six hundred to a thousand people, and and now we're doing venues that can only hold three hundred people. So you know, less tickets and and really. Since we did the last tour, there's been a lot of shows, you know, a lot of TV shows and a lot of stories to come of it. So, look, it's it's more than just stand up. It's a night to celebrate craft beer, get out there, have fun, uh, laugh a lot, which we could all use right now, and uh, and just be part of something uh, amazing. 
Awesome. Zane, uh, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. People can get their tickets on zanelamprey.com and check them out. It'll be awesome. Yeah, October 3rd at Blue Point Brewing. That's it. I'm in, yeah, Blue Point, October 3rd. Now, I'm sitting in my office. I can see where the packages are delivered. So when the Peconic beer comes, that's where it's going to be down there. Very excited. Uh, there it is. I'll, we'll get it free for October. Okay, I want to hand and deliver it to you. Until next time, I'm going to be looking at it at, at my stoop. <laughs> and we'll we'll get you some show swag, too, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Cheers. Guys, All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks. Well, awesome. Thanks a lot for Zane Lamprey for joining us. Uh, we are still on Instagram Live. We're still Facebook, YouTube, GovsRadio.com. For anyone that was watching early on, uh, it looks like the audio was cutting out at the beginning, but we got it pretty quickly, like within the first few minutes. So thanks, everybody, for sticking around. And now we're going to get into some beer. I mean, yay. yay for beer. We have Jeff and we have James for Peconic Brewing out in Riverhead, Long Island. Uh, first of all, Jeff, let's uh, let's start the uh, petition to get Zane to come out to your brewery on the next tour. I was like, <laughs> if only I knew another brewery that could hold 300 people. Yeah, well, boom. <laughs> I knew one. And- and you have a beautiful stage and a beautiful outside. We're going to get to all of that. Uh, first, <laughs> so before we get questions. to you, uh, we, we want to get to our uh, sponsors that keep the show running. Uh, Steve, take it away with Rosie's Draft Solutions. All right. Rosie's Draft Solutions is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, uh, draft beer line system installs, even dispensing uh, solutions and more. Uh, they are very passionate about craft beer and making sure it has the same quality as when it left the brewery, which is only done one way by keeping that dress system perfectly clean. Rosie services, bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other ber- beverage establishments, including home kegerator system installs and maintenance. Oh. They, they service the likes of WA Meadworks, Blue Point, Darling, 1940s, Rich's Field, and of course, our buddies over at Hopscotch Bottle Shop. Hopscotch. Just to name a few. Uh, you can reach them at Rosie's Draft Solutions at gmail.com or call them at 631 219 2075, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And mention the wart, and you will get a special discount. That's right. Give uh, Nick a call and let him know the wart sent you. Get 10% off your service and or hardware needs. We're going to throw it on over to good old Peter for Beer Maker, who, by the way, is going to be on Shark Tank. I wish we knew that for our show last week. Yeah, because Beer Maker Aaron (laughs) is going to be on uh, Shark Tank. I'm going to be super excited to watch him present this fantastic machine. Take it away, Peter. Beer Maker. It's an all-grain at-home brewing system. Uh, it's currently sitting in my office, not making any noise. Yay. Uh, because it can make a lot of noise, but you can tell it went not annoy the fuck out of you. Uh, had had one of the beers yesterday. had the uh, the ghost meat. Delicious. Mm. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, they have a ton of uh, new kits out there. They have a, a Smash series. Yep. That's pretty cool. A few different options there. They came out with a new IPA as well. A new, a new Red Ale. Yeah. Red Ale. Red oh, the Red Ale? Oh. I'm on it. That's mm. the next one for me. That's, that's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a really cool product. You can brew a little over a gallon of beer in your house. Uh, no muss, no fuss. I did it last week. It takes like 20 minutes to get a recipe going. Uh, you add the, the all the grains. You add your water. Uh, a few days later, it tells you to pitch your yeast, and that's it. And then a, a week later, you've got beer. It's fantastic. <laughs> Use uh, seems easy, right, James? It's it's that easy, (laughs) easy, right? I mean, 
that's all <laughs> there's you know no sanitizing or anything no no uh, I think he put it uh, really good uh, on the show la- last time. It was uh, all craft, no bullshit. Yeah, I love uh, it. Should really just be their fucking tagline. Yeah, I hope they said it at also, Shark Tank. I'm really looking forward to that episode. <laughs> yeah, be fun. Also, uh, you can use the promo code the wart t h e w o r t o one word and receive ten percent off your order. Um, and I, Steve, you said we used uh, that also to get ten percent off supplies, correct? Uh, yes. some the grain packages and stuff like that. So if you do get one, then you continually will get 10% off your order. So go to beer maker, B E E R M K R.com. Also sponsored by brew bag beer pong, Kong ho Kong ho outside. It's getting warm out there. So oh, it's definitely brew bag season. It's brew bag season for sure. Go to brewbag.com or go to our Instagram page, go up into our link tree in our bio and get a private page where you can get your discounted brew bag. Go to brewbag.com type in wart W R T to receive a percentage off your order today. We're also sponsored by vintage beer shirt club.com for all your vintage beer shirt club needs uh and also a big shout out to uh, hopscotch this week also brewers hardware go to brewershardware.com and the promo code type in wart w-r-t and receive uh 10 off uh your tri-clamp order go for it get your tri-clamps uh and we want to thank all our sponsors uh for supporting us throughout this time and like i said tonight we're going to get down and dirty here with peconic brewing it didn't sound quite right but i'm going to say it anyway jeff james thanks a lot for joining us on the show and thanks for sitting tight through uh zane uh, a lot of fun with him, and uh, appreciate your time tonight. No problem. Yes, thanks for having us on. So, uh, Jeff, I want to uh, get down to the the history here. So, we saw you hit the scene right around the same time that we shart- started our sharted. Yeah, we sharted our show. Uh, it very much was a shart. It was to start, <laughs> start our first season was really a big shart, sure. just like Steve McKenna. Guilty. Uh, and but it, we we uh, took a lot of cues from our brewers and and learned a lot. You started out with doing uh, a, a, this thing called the Long Island Beer Authority, and then that kind of evolved into this. Can you give a little bit of history of kind of where this all started, how the passion for craft beer and to start your own brewery came about? Sure. Uh, and it actually started before that, which is a story that I don't really tell much. But mm. Exclusive. First, exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I actually do have that sounder. Now, I don't use it for our show. I use it for another show that I produce. But now, since you said that, oh I man, this is radio gold right now. Oh, you're an asshole! Come effect. on, give me thirty seconds and I'll have it up here. It's not that difficult, but there it is. Oh, uh, and then I don't have the volume up. Oh god! Yeah, all right, totally all right. There we go. It. There we go. We're an exclusive here on the worst. We're here with Jeff from Peconic Brewing, telling us a little bit about prehistory. <laughs> I it, I am basically a failed Zane Lamprey. Is is what it is. Is, is, is listen to him talk. I am. I'm what. If he had failed, this is what it looks like. Because <laughs> I did stand up comedy out here for years, ten, nice. fifteen years of stand up comedy, up and down the city, all over the place, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I got hired to host this show. I got hired to host a, a pilot episode of something called Beer Town USA. And holy idea, shit, you really are. <laughs> I really, really am. I really am failed. Zane. I had no I idea. I wish we had known this 20 minutes ago. That yeah, would have been a great Jesus fucking Christ. conversation. Like, look, look at what could have happened. <laughs> As he's talking, I was like, holy crap, this is what I was trying to do. It's like, it all makes sense. <laughs> I failed my way into a brewery in Riverhead. Um, the show I would, was... We wouldn't call that a failure. Let's start. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a pretty sweet <laughs> consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The show was the producer wanted to highlight towns that were pretty crappy and then adopted their love for craft beer and then turned into great little towns. 
And one of the reasons I got picked is because I'd already kind of liked beer. And I lived here because the first episode was about Patchogue. And oh, so, man. Yeah. You could name so many towns in Long Island that fit that bill. Right, right. But I went around and I interviewed uh, people from Blue Point. I, I interviewed uh, Paul when he was over at Brickhouse Brewing. I interviewed all these local people. Even the, oh, Well, Steve was with Long Island Beer Authority. That, was that. But this was for the TV pilot. I did all this stuff for the TV show. And I thought it was awesome. I thought I was going to be famous. And I, I thought, this is it. I've done it. And then I was like, this is great. Because once the show takes off, I'll start my stand-up tours at breweries across the country. <laughs> <laughs> you really had the foresight. I was like, hey, home run. Nailed it. God, you should sue Zane for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the show didn't get picked up, spoiler alert. Yeah. But it, um, it started me, I had to do enough research about beer that I didn't sound like an idiot asking these people questions. And so right. I started learning, um, you know, basic level, iceberg level stuff about beer and, and really enjoyed it and thought it was just super cool that uh, I like this beer and here's why, you know, and I wanted to learn more about that. So after that failure, <laughs> I started a, another failed project called the Long Island Beer Authority, but it had more of a purpose. And what I really got uh, hooked on was the idea of there's so much great beer here on Long Island. There's so much great beer. Why are some of these places so successful and some of them don't seem to be as popular? And I really wanted to wrap my head around that, like, that concept. Mm. And so I started I hitting the road. I tried. My goal was to go and check out every brewery up and down Long Island. And some of them were nicer than others. Steve was nice enough, gave me a bunch of time. We talked and I talked, I met brewers, I met owners, and it started kind of painting a picture and it turned very quickly into this weird disease of, man, if I ever did this someday, uh, I should, <laughs> I should find a little bit of local history. People will like, you can't name it after a town anymore because those are all taken. Yeah. And then, and then what people seem to like is, you know, big spaces with food and something cool outdoors. And I said, okay. You know, let me see if I could do that. But really, I need to find a great brewer. And I had told some of the home brewers what I was doing. And uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name anymore, but he was like instrumental in this. He was a tall guy with a big beard. And he I met him at all the cast festivals. And he was uh, Greg Kelly. He was a giant, giant human being. Yeah, giant uh, human being. Yeah, that's Greg Kelly. You think so? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he for sure. It's hard, hard to miss Greg Kelly okay. at a festival. So he, I told him, I read him a talk. I said, listen, I'm looking for a home brewer if they want to kind of take this next step i'd love to find out and then that introduced me to james what was the guy's name in the uh, shop in bellport uh danny concepcion Danny concepcion. Ah. yeah he ran uh brewing beyond a local uh homebrew shop in uh east patchog right and he nice. said to me he goes uh, jeff i heard what you're doing um i want you to meet this guy james he's a really great guy does great beer if you if you move forward with this i think he'd be a good candidate for you and james and i met you know, 10 months, eight months, a year, every month to go over brews he was doing at home. And it was a good working relationship where, you know, James was doing great stuff and he was very um, capable of listening to what I was asking for, you know, like, Hey, this is awesome. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? We kind of worked together and what the picture would be. And so at that point, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted the place to look like um, the beer. I was confident in James uh, that he would come out with some really great recipes and really great stuff. And then it became, let's find some real estate. And that was, you know, two years of a nightmare before a year of a pandemic and a nightmare. And <laughs> now I'm hanging out with you guys. <laughs> you say that's got to be like, you can have all the ideas and thoughts and even business model planned out, ready to go. But the problem is real estate on Long Island is tough. Yeah. And to have all those check boxes marked off between water, sewer, 
uh, outdoor space capacity, uh, you know, close to a local place where people can walk if they wanted to. Uh, and a sound that will take you. Yes. And, and that as well. And, and, and of course, you know, having the beer recipes there, that's, that's an undertaking in of itself. Now, when you, when you sat down with James, what were the first few things you guys were planning out uh, to kind of, you know, start off? And, and obviously, you know, we know that you guys were started to brew this week, but have been open for a little bit. So how does that factor into it? Are those things you had to pre-plan or those things you had to kind of uh, address before you get into the venture? Just totally making it up as we go along. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, that's for the best. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. What I, what I told James is some of the other stuff I, I thought was important was um, the, the slogan of what we have is, is always going to be simply beautiful beer. Um, and I think, you know, there's so much beer. I think some of the beer can be a little intimidating for people who aren't uh, beer drinkers, people who don't listen to your podcast, people who just like to go out and have a nice beer. They look at these boards sometimes and it's like, Whoa, I don't know if I want that, you know, raspberry guava leaf porter stuff. You know, like I, it's just it's just a lot. And so I like a good guava leaf. <laughs> guava leaf yeah. floater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we started working on that. And I, I I knew James was trying to like impress me with like the most exciting stuff he'd come up with. I was like, this is really good. Now could you make it just a little simpler? <laughs> you know, we kept just like and I was like, James, you know, he just he was so impressed with the stuff he could do that I had to like just it, we work together so well on coming up with what the direction before and we still we did it today we do it every day still it's like okay do that let's like okay let's just do it this way and then james will say no it's not gonna work or you know it's it, we kind of have a good relationship of working together which i don't know that i could have got with, with I, of all the brewers i've met you know some of them i compare them to chefs you know and they're their recipes and it's their way it's the highway and i knew that wouldn't work for me you know um and and first beer we worked on i think james was the double ipa right yeah and uh, I loved it. I Thanks. loved it. I said, this one, I don't need to mess with. <laughs> you know, this one's great. What, you know, what else can we do? And that that's kind of, and then right away we started working on uh, what became known as the Dream Girl IPA because oh. I really wanted a, a crushable IPA. Dream yeah. Girl in the house right here. Oh, nice. 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 Oh, been sipping on this out of my physics. Uh, I, Jeff, I don't know if you've seen this contraption, but this is a, uh, a little draft system. And the one reason why I do like getting crawlers is because they fit very nicely in here. And throughout the night, I can just top myself off with some fresh cold beer. Oh, that's physics. awesome. Physics.com. Go to physics. No promo code for that one, though. Awesome. That's great. I'll get, I'll get two, no doubt. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> and the, the Dream Girl we worked on, that was the one where I probably pushed James in directions more than the others because I said, this is great. Now, can you make it a little less like this, a little more like this? I really wanted... I'm, I've become one of those, you know, typical IPA guys, but I want it to be something I'd like, but also people who don't really love IPAs could drink it too. And kind of like, Hey, you know, maybe I'll try it. It's like a gateway IPA to much stronger IPAs. And then I like that. I like yeah. that phrase because it is, it's a, a difference of when you hear IPA, you thinking right off the bat, hazy, right? New England IPA, but this is a multi IPA, which I do prefer at times, a lot more times. Um, and it reminds me of, you know, some of the breweries on the island that kind of drift that way. And it's another one in that, that lineup that I'll seek out because it is that flavor profile that I look for outside of the hazy world. And I'm sure that's kind of what that discussion was about. So was it a conscious effort to go in the more multi direction? I kind of feel like it was a, a, a crossbreed between like a Sierra Nevada's uh, pale ale and founders all day uh, IPA. So like mm. if they had a love child, it would be somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> 
it's good. I love a good Sierra and uh, Founders is great. Crushable beers, tailgate and stuff like that. And I, again, same thing. I appreciate the maltiness of both of those. So yeah, I think you hit a home run on that one. I support James. Uh, James, when you're coming up with some of these recipes that you're throwing by Jeff, uh, are there stuff that, again, you have a pilot system maybe at your house? Uh, are you working on small batches first to kind of really dive into the uh, the variants? Or are you kind of just like, all right, let's just try this? Uh, no, I mean, I haven't just tried anything yet. Uh, yeah, I have a small pilot system here at the uh, house. So all the beers that we currently have on tap, like, uh, I brewed them for uh, Jeff first and like we kind of talked about ideas and went back and forth of what we thought would work or like if we we're going to scale this to a large scale, like are we going to be able to get these ingredients in large bulk form? Is it going to be cost effective or, you know, right. is the audience that we're looking to like, you know, capture like going to like these ingredients? So we went back and forth on that for a while, but I think we've got a solid 10 on the board right now and then uh, we're still brainstorming more actually now. So. We have some uh, fun stuff coming up. So I still throw curveballs at James all the time. He 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 came up with a really great seltzer last spring when we were getting ready for that sort of thing. We're starting to get ready to launch it again because you got to have one, right? And then I just looked at him today. I was like, "Hey, that's really great. Do that again, but um, make it pink." Yeah. <laughs> he looked at me. He was like, I was like, yeah, make it pink. That will that will sell like hotcakes. You're, you're not. We brought in these these because we have to have gluten free options at the brewery and we don't have seltzer yet. So I brought in these Montauk lemonade seltzers. Mm. And it was just, I, I'll just have the pink one, whatever the pink one was. So I looked at him and said, make it pink. And he's like, all right, I'll make it pink. So As you see someone walking around the brewery with it, you go, oh, I want that. Whatever yeah, that exactly. pink thing is. Exactly. It's yeah. like in a restaurant, same thing. You're like the giant is. pretzel that you see. I, that's a yeah. giant pretzel. The same thing works at your brewery because yeah. we looked at giant pretzels and I want. I want a giant pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the space because you had this, you know, very large indoor space and a beautiful deck. How did you develop the layout, the, the brew house itself, the food place, and then kind of where does that fall underneath licensing and stuff like that? Because I would assume at this point you have a brew house license, right? Because you're serving yeah, food we have a micro well. brew, We have a couple licenses. We have a microbrew license and we also mm-hmm. have a, a resale permit so we can... We can technically sell anything we make and any other beer that other people in Long Island make too. We could put on tap. Are you uh, you have a farm license for that? No, not a farm license. Ah, so it's different than the farm, but you could still resell, right? Other products, Long Island only, or is it just in general? Uh, you know, uh, it's in general. I could do whatever I want. I never wouldn't do anything from Long Island. I, it's it's like um, it's so I can sell seltzers and cider and things like that if I need to, or if we run out of something and I want to fill a tap, I, I'm able to do so. We are going to get another license so we can get our, our wine eventually too. It's another thing people have been asking for quite a bit, which I didn't want to do because I was like, we're at a brewery. No, we don't have wine. You know, I was, <laughs> but you know, enough people's significant others want that wine and they're not coming yep. because of it. So I give, I'll do it. Yeah. It's a um, definite business decision to be made because right. the guys come for the beer, the girls come for the wine. It happens. It happens. Yeah. The space itself is, uh, 8,500 square feet, and but when I took it over, it was just a big cement rank rectangle. No windows, no doors, n- nothing. It's just a cement floor, cement ceiling, and pillars from floor to ceiling. And, uh, you know, every day I realize more and more that I have no idea what I'm doing in building a brewery. <laughs> 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 and there was a, a challenges because of that and because of the space and because of being in an apartment complex. Um, you know, our exhaust system for the uh, boiler and for the kitchen has to go up five stories of building. Really? Go out the side. It's got to go off the top, you know, and that, huh. 
that's an expensive sentence I just said, you know, and things yeah. like that really made it challenging. Um, I, I did hire some consulting people because it was too much of an investment for me to hope I could figure it out myself. I, I think if I was ever good at anything, it's knowing what I'm not good at. I needed design for the brewing area. I needed equipment to help. I needed a, a kick-ass brewer and I can do other things. I came in the restaurant. I've been, my family's been in the restaurant business forever. I worked for Cisco Foods for 10 years. I had a menu designed and the kitchen laid out in the first month or two. And we just finished the brewing layout like a month before we opened. You know, <laughs> that is such a challenge. Uh, weight restrictions, uh, exhaust restrictions, um, you know, water restrictions. You talked about sewer. We moved away from three other places because they didn't have sewer. They, you know, and it was like, okay, well, that's out. You know, just there's so much that I learned every step of the way. Uh, you know, I said three months ago, man, I could wish I could hire myself today to do this a year and a half ago because it would have been a lot easier and smoother. <laughs> with all the bumps in the road, but it, it's a great space. It does overlook the Peconic river. Yep. Um, it has a 2000 square foot deck with some really great patio furniture that people could hang out and have a nice beer and um, you know, just tall ceilings. It's gotta be 20 feet tall for those tanks and all that stuff. And uh, really happy with how it came out. Now, did the name uh, come from the location or did you pick the location based upon a name you already had desired and built? I, I had two names. One, oh. if I had ended up Riverheader East mm -hmm. and another one, which was, kind of garbage i'm glad it didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> and uh um do you guys i don't know does anybody know the story of peconic county where did that name yeah. um no. you, you could let the audience know i'm sure they I don't, don't. i'll, I'll say no. they don't. I don't someone say no thank you um <laughs> someone say no please <laughs> the east end of long island wanted to separate from suffolk county uh back in like 1996 and they wanted to be known as peconic county um, it's a big tax thing. There's a lot of tax dollars out there that go all the way up to Huntington and Babylon that nobody ever gets to see out there. And there's other water needs and things like that. That it's, It really is like a different, if you've ever been to Mattituck and Babylon, it's two different universes. So mm -hmm. it's something people still push for. It never is going to happen. And uh, But it was Riverhead East and the Tooth Forks was going to be called Peconic County. So I said, if I ever did end up in Riverhead, that's the little piece of Long Island history I would go with. Oh, very cool. What were the other I names you were thinking of? No one will ever know those stories. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get another exclusive. I even have the the, the new one. The oh, sound effect all queued up. I do. I have it. It's ready to go. <laughs> but we're not I, I have get a question, Jeff. So you, I think you're one of you know just a hand of all the you know there's fifty something breweries on the island now. More. You're, you know, less than ten percent of those have kitchens in them. So what what license allows you to do that, and what, you know how? How'd you come across that decision? Because it'd be, I imagine, a lot easier to to just have a food truck pull in the parking lot. Yeah, um, that so that was the Long Island Beer Authority research. That was the year and a half I did that. Was you know why do people like these places and what could be better? You know, and when people had food on location, um, they stayed there longer and they and they came there at different times and they mm. didn't leave at five thirty to go to dinner and come back. They stayed there and they didn't. The difference was we're going to go to this brewery and then go to dinner, or we're just going to go to this brewery for a while. And then the food truck thing is, you know, that's money you can make, you know, and in this, in, in this business, you need every penny you can get your hands on. So um, you can work out deals with the food truck guys, but really let, let me handle that. I, I'm the restaurant guy. If anything else, I'm, a, I'm a, really a salesman and a restaurant guy. If anything else, who just happens to love craft beer. And I knew I knew I could put together a good plan for that part of it. It was a whole bunch of more challenges. Uh, you have the fire suppressant systems you need for a kitchen in an apartment complex would make your head explode. And, um, you know, I knew it'd be tough, but 
it's just a different experience. It's, a, it's an all day, any time of the day experience. It's we can go. We have good one o'clock Wednesday, Tuesday lunch crowds because people are there for lunch. They're there for lunch and then they get a beer, too. And they, have, they love it because they're at a brewery for lunch, you know, but just a different experience than I think they're getting. And, and especially being the fifth at the time or now sixth brewery in Riverhead. Well, you better be different somehow. Right. Like, right. you know, it's something better be unique uh, because otherwise, again, there's just so much great beer. You know, why do I care? What's the why? That's what that's what the two years at Beer Authority and doing this was like, okay, why are people going to give a shit about my brewery? Why are people going to want to come? Uh, everybody has great beer. Just assume everybody has great beer. What else can you control? And I, I just wanted to control the experience of what people were there. And part of that was food. Jeff, not to put you off the rails, but we did tell our listeners there'll be an opportunity tonight to win tickets to the AC Beer Fest on June 4th. Uh, that we're going to go, go down and uh, broadcast from. Oh, yeah. So uh, we we did not really come up with a really great idea for this just because we're not in studio. We used to take phone calls for this ticket giveaway. Um, but here's, here's what I've been just thinking about and developing throughout the day. So what we're going to do uh, tomorrow when this show is released in the podcast version, we're going to ask people to go back and listen to the podcast, follow us on the Instagrams, and if they can guess the magic word, Aloysius, then they will DM me, whoever's the first person to DM me tomorrow. Not tonight. Not tonight. Tomorrow. You could do it at 6 a.m. I don't care. If you say the magic word in our DM, the first person to do it, Aloysius, you will win two tickets to the AC Beer Fest in Atlantic City on June 4th. Guess who's playing? Pete, guess who's playing uh, AC Beer Fest? Oh, God, that's right. I don't give a shit. Yeah, All there you go. God awful fucking punk bands you guys love. So yeah, we. It's, baby. Not, it's not Foreigner? Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, I, just, I just found out Offspring released a new album. Uh, yeah. are, is Offspring playing? No. Oh, oh incorrect. Hole and Oats. Hole and Oats. And uh, so, Art Garfunkel is going to roll over and play a show. <laughs> no, uh, it uh, Friday is going to be Knuckle Puck in the early November um really great uh pop punk emo bands coming back because emo is not dead for sure not dead. and on uh saturday Sa saturday is going to be less than jake and sunday is uh face to face and the suicide machine so anyone that likes God, uh it feels like you're making all these band names up like shut this up. doesn't sound like a real band is, uh, listen we had the opportunity last year if they went off we would have had goldfinger and uh, who else? Who else was going to be there? So Would they have just played here in my bedroom and that's it? That, no, I'd play all of the, the entire album. Come on. Stop it, Peter. But uh, no, there was, there was a great lineup last year and we were kind of like, we're like, oh, I wish they would get, they got, they went out and got some really good headlining bands for that three day. Uh, and Pete, you're going to sit there and do work. I mean, I'm going to go enjoy the concerts and you're going to sit there and interview oh, brewers. God, I mean, that. I feel like that's a win-win for both of us. Right, exactly. I don't have to listen to that punk show. All right. And you'd be surprised when I get to get up on stage and, and introduce less than Jake, then you're going to be jealous. Oh boy. Mm. Oh God. No, trust me. I'm lobbying. For so for many it. reasons. No, no, <laughs> that's all you. So I, again, like anyone... it's a tough call on what I wouldn't want more to mm -hmm. listen to. Like any of these bands you just named, or you whisper Aloysius in the mic one more time, which I know you're about to do. Aloysius. <laughs> like, well, those are so awkward and uncomfortable. For I me. know. 
<laughs> so if you say the phrase that pays tomorrow starting at 6 a.m., you DM us. The first person to DM us will win two free tickets to the AC Beer Festival Friday, June 4th. I believe it starts at 8 and goes till 12 at night. And we just saw a update from the AC Beer Fest. They, yes. they uh, have their restrictions are going to be lifted. They're going to be at a 100% capacity. There were 12,000 tickets sold for the weekend. There's only about 3,000 left. So if you don't win the tickets tomorrow, you can always buy your tickets at AC Beer Fest on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter, or wherever you go. So if you say the phrase that pays tomorrow, DM Aloysius. us, then you will win two free tickets. Sorry, Jeff. I'm going to ask a dumb question Yeah. before before we get back to Pecan County. How, how do you spell Aloysius? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. How the fuck do you spell Aloysius? Because no, I don't know. Someone's so I'll, to look I'll it ask up. for the benefit of the audience. No, don't. Just you know what? There's a phone in front of you. You can just say, "Hey Siri, how do you spell Aloysius?" Aloysius and enough. it will tell you how to spell it. See? And then you just DM us tomorrow. First person to do that. First person in our DMs. Two free tickets. We got you. Slide in them DMs. It's the last hey, time it'll happen for us. Yeah. James, set your alarm for 6 a.m. We could use those tickets. Yeah, you want to go? The both of you come down. We'll have a great time, man. It's it's. uh Long Island will be there. Uh, Greg, Dan, Sheila, they'll all be down there. They're going to be uh, slanging some beers out of there. I meant to go. I've meant to go every year. I'm like, I'm going to go this year. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm old. Things don't come together like they used to. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what happens. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. So in 2019. <laughs> yeah, a brewery, a baby. Yeah, those yeah. things, you know. Well, yeah. 2019, Peter couldn't go. Um, Steve was an official member of the show just yet. Was... But Peter couldn't go because you were having a child. No, that was oh, no, the hospital. Ter- no, Terry was in the hospital. That's that was, right. Yeah, That's that was wife. the wife in the hospital. Right. You're right. Sorry. That happened twice. That was the first beer fest that I missed because wife in the hospital. Yep. That had happened the next year, the one in Farmingdale. Yep. And I got Nick to sub in. And Nick subbed in for both. So I took Nick and Tom down. These are two guys that work with us uh, to the AC Beer Fest. And I got to tell you, w- what a time. It's between, And this one's a little different only because of the timing of everything. But we had some of the greatest interviews of people we've never met before. People just surprised us. The guys over at the hopped up network kind of walked us around and introduced us to people. We met some really crazy characters, some really great beers happening in New Jersey as well. In fact, I meant to tell Zane, you know, our buddy Scott from Bolero snort, he's going to be another one of the uh, places where they're going to have Zane's uh, tour. Um, Scott is a great friend and he actually DMS me randomly sometimes about stuff that's going on. He invited us actually to the opening of the new brewery. Uh, that they had over in Hoboken or Hackensack, wherever the hell that was. And uh, he'll he'll be down there with Bolero Snort giving away beers, and uh, we'll be hanging out with him too. He's a, he's a partier, man. You guys have a lot of fun with him. Cool. Uh, getting back to you, Jeff. Sorry, I just wanted to announce that, get it out of the way, and people would listen to the uh, podcast version on iTunes, Spotify, and the Hopped Up Network tomorrow, and they can win tickets to the AC Beer Fest. Uh, I want to get back to some things uh, in regards to the brews. We're in our 9 o'clock hour. And I want to really start breaking down some of these beers. So uh, we have, uh, I'm drinking, and most of us are, no, uh, Peter is already into the Saison. I'm drinking. Oh, I started there. Okay. Uh, Run me down the the dream girl here, because like I said, for me, it's it's right up my alley for IPAs, very malty. Give us uh, a breakdown without giving away some of the secrets. James, James, why don't you take the lead on this? Sure. So uh, Dream Girl is like a classic uh, middle of the road ABV uh, American style IPA. Um, you know, it's not it's not a hazy IPA. It's not a, a West Coast. It falls right there in the middle. It's got a uh, Amarillo hops all in the boil. It's got a uh, Simcoe and uh, El Dorado. So it's got a nice uh, like orange uh, grapefruit, not overly bitter, uh, pretty still easy drinking. Still got a little bit of that 
multi character going on. It's got uh, a little bit of honey malt in there. Give it a little uh, something. Mm. Not, not all the secrets. Yeah, yeah, not all the secrets. <laughs> he said the something though. He didn't allude to the, what the something was. And then, uh, well, obviously, a nice, uh, clean uh, American yeast in there mm. that we used also. Not those dirty German yeast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Routes. Oh, and they canceled Oktoberfest again. Mm. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Oh, it, wow. Europe and and those are not doing as well as we are finally. Finally, we're on top. So, unfortunately. Oh, but it's still, I mean. Bad jokes in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, the Oktoberfest, uh, you know, people have been waiting for that. And since it was canceled last year, they were being anxiously waiting. And they announced it, I guess, yesterday or today that it was not happening. Though they're in Europe, right? So, I guess we're in a delay over here. So, we get it in the middle of the night. Hold on, that it. sounded like breaking news. Aren't you going to hit the button for that? Of today? course I will. You got it, Jeff. Here we go. Breaking news. Uh, this year's Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany will be canceled. Canceled again. The 2021 Oktoberfest is canceled. And now Brother, back to you, I think Jeff. I've already been looking at hotel accommodations. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, speaking of hotel accommodations, we are locked and loaded for AC Beer Fest. So listen, hey! the Germans can come on over here and uh, enjoy a great AC Beer Fest with some of uh, the best beer on the East Coast. The Germans. The Germans. There's another really good uh, beer fest in uh, September. It's a uh, metal and beer fest in Philadelphia. It's oh, yes. Many- I have heard of that. Who's who, What uh, company is running that one? Uh, I'm not sure. I just heard of it today from a friend. Mm. So. I've heard of it before. Uh, I got to get in touch because we. I, I don't go through the the breweries or the reps. I go through the companies that run them specifically, and they're usually more than happy to invite us. We've been invited to a bunch of stuff we've had to turn down over the years, so uh, they love having the publicity. Oh, see, and here's my dog. Hey, <laughs> oh. buddy. Get out of here. <laughs> you're, you're barking like one. Get oh, out of here. Thanks for clarifying, Mac. Yeah. All right, you want to be the cat? You want to be like Zane's cat? <laughs> no, he looked at me like I'm a crazy person. All right. Um, drinks drugs. That's crazy. I don't teach these kids right. I got to do something about parenting. Should I end the show now and just go teach? Is this a teachable moment? <laughs> any moment, any moment now, friggin' you're going to have uh, uh, the police knocking on the door. Okay. Sir. All right, sir. Take the kids. Sir, we've had enough of this. I know you're an educator. You got to do better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, guys, I, I want to kind of go through the iterations of this dream girl, because to me, I think you really dialed this in. I think you're you're there. I don't think you're going to be doing much tweaking to this. Was there other iterations and other kind of variants that you were using prior to this? Uh, I mean, before we we tried to do like something a little bit uh, lighter, like a session beer, too. And uh, I mean, I wasn't a complete fan of uh, like making it a session. So, we, I mean, we got it where we added a few more malts to it and up the ABV a little bit just to give it a little bit more malt character to it. Uh, I mean, currently now we're working on a, a different session with uh, different hops coming into the summertime. We want to have something that's uh, uh, a little lighter and a little easier drinking too. Uh, but I think right now we have three IPAs on tap. So we're trying to cover the all grounds. We have a, a hazy, we have a, a double, which is more towards the West coast style. Like it's got more of a, a hop bite. It's got more of a malt character than uh, dream girl itself. And then obviously we have the uh, Hampton Haze, which is, uh, you know, juicy, like hazy, a little bit uh, sweetie, sweet, more tropical uh, IPA. Um, and, and speaking of supplies, uh, we were noticing that you have a single elevator with a uh, load capacity to bring your supplies up to your uh, floor about, what is it, like maybe 10 steps up. 
Yep. How's that process of bringing in raw materials into the uh, It's uh, very time-taking. I mean, the <laughs> elevator only has one speed, obviously, when you hold the button in. Uh, so you have to be patient and, uh, you know, take some deep breaths and focus on your tasks that you have to get done for the day. And sometimes <laughs> you have to uh, take the stairs, you know, because yeah. that's the quicker route. So I said, I said to James, when we, I took the first time I took him to the space, and it was just all cement still, and we didn't have a patio, nothing. I said, listen, man. I think this place is going to be really pretty. I think we're going to sell a lot of beer. I think you're going to be busy and do some cool stuff. But I guarantee you there's going to be days you hate me because this was <laughs> never designed for this. And we have 9.98 pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag. Like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's and, there's, and those days were uh, Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> this week. It's, it's a little bit of a struggle. We just, you know, it's a, it's a sacrifice we had to make with the space. It's like, do you give up customer this this gorgeous customer facing space over the river to turn it into a loading dock or mm. do you hope you have a really great brewer doesn't mind putting things down a really slow elevator when his quads <laughs> are going to look like friggin' Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> by the end by the end of the year yep <laughs> james and i are built very similar so let's do a lot of protein shakes james yeah <laughs> you're going to bulk up this summer no doubt no doubt. I and Jeff, you were talking about before being part of an apartment complex. Does how does that play into the whole um I guess a vibe? Does is there any like noise ordinances or things you gotta worry about? Is the the landlord cool? How does that play into the whole running a business uh, and basically the, the first floor of an apartment complex? The landlord's cool. He's actually a big beer guy. We signed the lease with some of James beer we bottled up from home and we we cracked it on the roof of the building and signed the lease. So that's he, cool. You know, that was a moment. That's cool. Um, it's a challenge. You know, there are 116 families above me. So, you know, I, I there's we close at 10 o'clock. Some of that's because, you know, I just don't want to piss these people off. You know, right. like, you have music on the deck. And I'm like, you know, maybe not everybody wants that, you know. Um, and they don't like me on Saturdays when the parking lot's jammed full of people and, and they can't get home with their groceries. So I give them discounts. I try to be nice to them. If someone does complain, we take care of it right away, you know. Some of the restrictions I talked about before with, you know, exhaust and water and, and propane and things like that are uh, just another challenge that came into this. You know, things like that. you get through the whole project and the last day the fire marshal tells you you can't turn on your fire pits. Like, <laughs> well, we did all this stuff, you know, but that's some of the stuff we've had to go through with it. Yeah. And you had plans to put fire pits out on the deck, right? They're there, but they're just cement tables because they won't let me turn them on. But that's okay. Ah. <laughs> that's is it okay. is it fire fire hazard or what? What was the the reasoning for it? Yeah, fire. They have to be hard piped in. If you've ever lived in an apartment, you know you're not supposed to have a barbecue on your patio. Right. It's the Correct. same thing, really. Gotcha. Got to be hard piped in individually with safety valves every step of the way, and it's just it's just another ten thousand dollar problem that just comes up all the time. Every Later time down the line, I'm sure in a few years that that'll be something you can address, and at least it, you got them already kind of in yeah. and it's just a matter of the the piping and stuff like that right. uh, the other question i had for you is we we noticed there's a huge empty lot next door do you hear any plans for what they're going to be doing there right next to the building R rumors rumors are all over the place i i hear it's going to be another apartment complex but okay all that stuff is years and years out which is a, a blessing and a curse right because cool another 200 families, um, but then you have more parking problems, then you have three years of construction, then you have who knows what else. But Riverhead's really- They won't be in your building, so you don't have to give them a discount. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you pay that 15%. You pay. Yeah. Uh, Riverhead's trying. They're trying to be a little patch hog, you know, and that started with more people need to live here, and that's they just keep pushing. But who knows? They're going to put a town square in on the other side of that, which should be nice, and again, three, four years down the line, and 
you know, the riverhead's facing the wrong way. Everything should face the river and nothing does. And yeah. so they realize that now and uh, they're trying to make it a better place to hang out. And and the great thing is uh, just right across the uh, two lane parking lot there, you have the river walk. So you have a lot of foot traffic, especially in the warmer months. Um, and we noticed, you know, when we were out there this weekend, how many people were out and about on a beautiful like spring day. And uh, that's got to attract people seeing a big deck full of people drinking beers. I mean, that's a great location overlooking the Peconic River. Uh, you got the aquarium a block or so away. Um, and, and that's what they're trying to do. Like you said, they're trying to kind of build up Riverhead as this destination place. Six breweries, lots of attractions, wineries within 20, 30 minutes. Uh, lots of great things. How do you fit into all this business-wise? And how do you kind of build that audience over time well the the town's been really good to me because i i am the first brewery to really or even establishment of this size to take a, a risk on downtown riverhead right. you know all the other breweries none of them are downtown and so you know the 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 town itself was like we want this to happen here's a little help with this here's a little help with that what do you need what do you need and that's been great and for me you know i just you know it's one of the reasons I'm family friendly uh, because every day I watch hundreds of parents with their kids go to the aquarium and walk back to the parking lot. And you know what? Every day we see mom and dad in a stroller having a beer at lunch because the kid just did their thing and they saw it on the way in. And, and I think family friendly is important. You know, a lot of the breweries now aren't doing that. And I get it because COVID restrictions, that seed is valuable, but you know, mom and dad need to have a good time too. And kids don't take up a lot of room and it, it can be a challenge. It's, it's something I'm, I'm proud of that you can take your kids there and parents know better than to take it on a crazy Saturday night and all that stuff. But you know, today was a, a, a moderate Monday afternoon, but we were full of parents because they went to the aquarium on a rainy day. Very cool. And, and case saw, in point, right, Peter yeah, brought his whole yeah, family. I brought, I brought my kids. Uh, yep. the, I was, I was actually pretty impressed. My, my girls were super well-behaved. Uh, so they got ice cream on the way home. <laughs> uh, reward. <laughs> yeah. And my toddler made it super awkward for everybody when he screamed at the top of his lungs. <laughs> once though, right he only did just it. once, just, just once, one he loud just blast. Let everybody know he was there. Yeah. yeah. And everyone in the brewery that was standing online looked around like, "What? The, what the fuck yeah. just happened here?" Yeah. We got what those. Looks. We were those parents for a second. Just that thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you're talking about with you know breweries. You know, uh, some of them turning away. You know, not not wanting those those that family atmosphere because, like you're saying, it's you know seats are limited, and you know you want to make sure everyone everyone there can buy a beer, not just you know right. Free, you know, a few of the beer. I saw right before I came down out east uh saw uh you know their post they were making an exception for mother's day for, for their no kids policy and uh, it was pretty clear they were saying like your kids are welcome but please for the love of god don't bring your fucking kids here <laughs> <laughs> we it's love them yeah but it's luxury of the size of the place too because if you only have 25 chairs in the place i i get that everyone you know you can't yeah. it makes more sense luckily it's big enough where if you put a stroller next to your four top it will be all right you know yeah. And you have a, a very large space. What is your, your non-COVID capacity? Just under 300. All right. So there you go. Zane Lamprey, 2022. <laughs> so in COVID, uh, with the restrictions and everything, we're at what, 50, 75% at this point? 75, yeah. 75. So, we, so well, I mean, you still fit a hell of a lot of people. And you, like I said, we felt very spread out. It was great. Uh, everyone's following, you know, what they should do. And as we get closer now to, you know, more and more, I guess, restrictions being lifted. 18th. 
18th. Well, is it 100% capacity? Is it? All right. So there we go. 18th, May 18th. It is, but everybody still has to be six feet apart. And in a chat. So eventually that goose is cooked. You never did see that. Nothing more I can do right now. You know, it's like, oh, cool. You know I mean, there's no uh, like a lot of towns were letting people spill out onto the street with some tables and chairs. And that's kind of not really an option for you because you're right up against the street there on one side and you have a walkway there on the other. It's a it's a tough kind of. Right. Although we're doing great with it. You know, I, I really can't complain. They've been good. The SLA has been in a couple of times to check. Good. Um, but we you know, we do keep everybody seven feet apart and um, we do have the dividers up where they're necessary and we, we make people line up and it, it, it's, it, it's affects business, man. Something simple as, okay, when you're waiting online for a drink, you have to be six feet away from each other. So the line will go to the door, yeah. but there's really only 10 people online and any other time that would just be 10 people leaning on the bar. The bar is 30 feet long. Right now. And now people go, Oh, I got to wait on that line for a beer. I'll, I'll come back later. So we're, even something as simple as that drives me insane as a business owner, like, Oh, just order a beer now. Go quick. You know? Um, that's some of the COVID stuff people don't really think about how challenging this has been for every business out there. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, sitting at the table uh, relatively close to the line and watching the line, it goes very quick. Your bartenders oh, yeah. were excellent. You had two there when we first got there, three kind of working as the line got longer, hustling their butts off, trying to get stuff turned around so you can get people their beer and get them out there. Uh, I think that's really the, the goal, right? Is to just get them moving, get people turned around back in their seats. So that line stays low. And then you had uh, a two top at the bar to the right of the line, another two top, I guess, to the left of the line. So you able to utilize your space very well. Was that something that, you know, during this whole opening uh, and, and even including your grand opening, you had this plan set out from the beginning, or is it something that kind of evolved over time? Well, you know, this, it, it takes a long time to put this plan together to do this. So I had probably had this, uh, the layout of the brewery a year before we opened, And then, Six months before we opened, we had COVID restrictions. So that original plan got chucked and thrown in the garbage. And then you say, okay, now I have this many tables and chairs. What do you do? And it's something we still work on every day. You know, like, how can I get another chair in here and still be safe? Where can I put a divider? Something as simple as for opening weekend, we have these long, um, they're nine foot tables that go up and down, down the whole brewery. And like, those are great. We can get like eight people there. Okay. Unless they don't know each other, then you can only get whoever comes. So the first day we had two tops sitting at this eight foot table. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Like, right. I, I lost six chairs because of COVID. What do I do? And I literally, there's a guy who lives in the apartment upstairs. And one day he was like, I'm a carpenter. If you ever need anything, let me know. I called him that night. I was like, dude, I need some dividers <laughs> by dinner. And he came He came by 7 o'clock. And he's installing dividers in all the tables so that eight, that nine-foot table could be two four tops instead of one big table that was taken up by two or four people. Little stuff like that, like change it on the fly. Can I put a chair there? Can I put one there? No? Okay. Still trying to figure it out. That's fantastic. And a good thing you have, like, in the support of the people around you. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said it's a good thing you have the support of people around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, good little community of people living there. That's nice. James, I, we saw Pete crack open the Saison. Uh, this is the Rye Saison. I am a fan of Rye, <laughs> Rye uh, beers. I was a big fan of uh, Rastafari, speaking of Blue Point tonight. Oh, yeah. I love uh, that. Love that beer. That was one of my, that was actually the second tap I had down here in the basement. The first one was magic at number nine. And then uh, the next one was Rastafari. I love a good rye beer. Give me a little breakdown on the, uh, the rye saison. So yeah, the rye saison is pretty simple. It's just two malts. It's a uh, Pilsner and uh, rye. We use a uh, Belgian saison yeast that we ferment at a, a little bit of higher temperature to get some uh, notes coming off of that yeast. Uh, 
I mean, the Rye character comes through uh, pretty nice. I think it's a it's a Rye malt and flaked Rye, probably about almost thirty percent of the uh, grain mm. bill. But uh, I I mean, I always like a little bit of Rye. I've, I've loved Rye beers, and I figured putting it in a saison was an awesome way to go. Um, I think it's a really good drinking beer. Hold on, we have a breaking report. James, are you telling us that there's rye <laughs> in the rye saison? Yes, I am. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Thank you very much, James, for reporting on that. See, no this problem. is fun. I, when we have a real studio, we have all these on the fly, but I took me a little bit the last time to get those running. I know, I know. Um, so is there, what's the hot profile on this? I know you probably kind of quickly passed by that, but. Uh, it's a Saz hop. So it's a, one of the noble European hops. Uh, it's very light mm. alpha acid. So, I mean, the Saison. It's a Belgian beer. Hops are not important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the yeast you're, uh, cooking up there, you know, I know you said, yeah. Uh, well, we, we use a, uh, Belgian Saison yeast. Uh, hmm. do you want to specifically know what yeast it is? No, 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 no secrets. <laughs> no secrets. We don't want to divulge all of the secrets. Uh, Peter, you're the uh, the big Saison fan of the group. I am. I love it. Uh, I I don't think I've had a rye Saison before, so it's always good to have something uh, a little bit different, but it's got all those characters I'm looking for in a Saison. It's, you know, a little got that kind of like uh, barn, that like barnyard farmhouse kind of funk to it. It's tasty. Like it. Like it a lot. Now, you guys had a, uh, a bunch of beers up on that board. Uh, we had uh, the pleasure of tasting a few of those. Uh, if someone would walk into the brewery today, what are some of the, what are some of the damn other beers they would drink? Uh, 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 go ahead, James. No, 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 that's fine. You, you take, take it away, Jeff. You cut the checks, Jeff. That's true. <laughs> the they don't clear or anything, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I saw James at Taco Bell yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell. Um, we do have the three IPAs. I'll try to always have three IPAs, but never more. There's a fine line of everybody loves IPAs. Who, oh, that's just an IPA house. And I don't want to cross that line ever. Yeah. I'm really, really proud of James's uh, Belgian wit. We call it our 631, and he can go into details about that. Uh, that will be uh, – we just started distribution last week, and we started with the Dream Girl IPA. Really? And, Did you can? We're not canning yet. We're just doing bars and restaurants and kegs. Okay. So you do slims and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we we uh, we sold out of our first 100 kegs of Dream Girl really quick. Through the nice. I was really happy about that's that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. The next one we'll be launching with uh, Boning Brothers is the six three one Belgian Wit. It's uh, it's just going to be a great beer to have in the summer hot day. We're really proud of what he did on that. We have the Flying Point Golden Ale, which you know is a beer we moved around a few times that we kind of made up a fake term for in Golden Ale. That I like the beer very much, and it'll be kind of a one time thing. Um, the Stargazer is James's favorite beer. You can talk about that. That's a pale ale with some orange uh, orange blossom and honey. Oh, there you go. Got it right there. Oh, Peter got the pale. I He's got the uh, that's that's a really people are very impressed with the profile in that beer. They're like, oh, there's so much going on here, and it's uh, I I am as well. Um, the rye saison we talked about. Um, we have a, the Hither Pills named after Hither Hill State Park, and that's our ah. pilsner. Uh, I think it's important to have a pilsner because uh, inevitably people walk in and say, eh, I just bring Stella or Bud Light. What should I have? And that's where we start them and teach them from there. And I then, also liked that one was like less than five percent ABV. I think yeah, it's yeah. like a super sessionable beer. I think that's valuable. Four, six. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Somewhere in there. And I know like, you know, even the craft beer guys come in and be like, I'm a crispy boy. Give me something crispy. And then that's what they're going to go to. Right. Love it. The, uh, and the Amber Lager, the Colonial is, uh, is a beer I had to beg James for. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, but we've got our lager on tap. And, you know, one of the first beers I liked was a lager. Yeah, what I 
stopped drinking Bud White Limes when I was 20, you know. And so I oh, always, oh, wait, you're going to answer one of Steve's three questions for you. <laughs> don't go no, there. No, don't go no, there I yet. Will not. Will not. Um, don't be specific, we'll say. I'm, I, I specifically didn't say one of them. Yes, yeah, <laughs> And uh, then the Iron Pier Rocky Road Nitro Stout, which I'm not a stout guy. I am mm-hmm. not a stout guy. But James put that in front of me, and uh, we decided it would be a good nitro beer. That's something I wanted to feature, and people seemed to really gravitate towards it. And You know uh, what? I don't think I realized it was a nitro. I might have probably grabbed one of those knowing that it was a nitro. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. That's yeah. little... for me not reading. That's 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 <laughs> on me. That's not on you. That's on me. I started with the amber. That was uh, th- that's one of those styles that I'm a sucker for. Uh, so that that was you know the tough choice was the was the saison or the amber. But that's something I feel like it's underrepresented. Uh, that's not something you see a lot of uh, these days. You know, especially at those breweries that specialize in IPAs, you don't you don't see no. a nice amber lager. And no, it's going to the wayside delicious. for the most part. Yeah, we had a tough call to make with that one because, you know, we were supposed to open in September. That was kind of the what we were promised by everybody. Obviously, we didn't open until February. So we had all these beers laid out and and in, in production. And one of them we were about Would have been a good fall style, sure. It mm-hmm. was an Oktoberfest. <laughs> you know, I looked at James and okay, I'm like, James, okay, now it's February. What are we going to do? You know, and James made a few changes and he worked with some people and and turned it into a really great lager. And, uh, and I'm, re- I think it's awesome. It's, it's, it's the other beer I drink when I'm there. It's weird when you, people are like, you must drink beers all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, once in a while, you know, <laughs> but the, the lager is one I lean towards for sure. I, uh, I, we've kind of tasted a bunch going around the table. I had the double IPA, uh, James, I want to know the profile on that. Cause that also had that kind of malt forward profile. Um, whereas when you see, you know, double IPA, a lot of people associate double dry hop, a little like cloudy, a little, little you know, straw type look. Give us a little breakdown on that double IPA. Yeah. So the uh, double IPA, obviously it's a little higher in uh, ABV. It's uh, yeah, I believe it it's uh, clocking it at uh, like 8.2. Yep. So we've got, a, we've got a lot of green in there. Um, we, we layered some uh, crystal malts in there. I think I've got like a uh, crystal 80 and uh, crystal 60 in there. Um, it's got three sea hops, so it's got Cascade, uh, Cashmere, and Columbus, and then Cashmere. it's dry, dry hopped <laughs> with uh, uh, Columbus and uh, Cashmere. So it is double dry hopped. It's got a nice uh, multiness uh, to it. It's it's like similar to a uh, West Coast. Yes, yeah, that's what I was, uh, you know, uh, thinking in my brain. This is the closer to the West Coast IPA than that standard, you know, double IPA people around here on the East coast, um, enjoy, but I, regardless, um, what the ABV is, that's kind of what I seek out. I see, I usually go to a brewery and I seek out the highest ABV, even if it's a barley wine or it's a high clocked in stout or something like that, just to see how they deal with the heat. And, uh, it came across really smooth, really nice. So good job on that one. Thank you. So, uh, uh, you know, being I, second time uh, I've been uh, to the brewery, and um, again, sorry, job. get a little cashmere for the cashmere hops. We'll do the entry music. Yes, you're using cashmere hops. Sorry, God. Uh, and you guys, you guys do flights, correct? Yes. Yep. Yes. All right. We, I got a great idea for you guys, and nobody Ooh. else has been using it yet. I don't know why, but pint flights. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Four pints, you take it right to your, your table. 
Uh, I mean, you know, Are we talking like 16 ounce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pine now, yeah. Here's the only thing as a, as a consumer, because I was never a brewer. I never worked in a brewery, never saw the behind the scenes. The problem for me would be if I'm not just downing the pint, that last pint is going to be warm as balls. You, you leave that one for the stout. Right. I was going to say, so the, the only thing is you, you got to know beer enough to have that strategy Yes, that you do the, the three, let's say you do a three pint flight, three pint flight actually has a ring to it. And then you got like the low ABV, you got to pick something between, you know, like four and six. I say they go with a five pint flight. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> two flights and get the whole $40. Well, I mean, how about this? What if it's share a flight? You know, like what we're gonna do is there's gonna be five pints, but it has to be the double IPA. We want right. to <laughs> there's a time limit. You have four minutes. Yes. And then he has a virtual reality machine where you have to test your driving skills right, directly exactly. after that. Exactly. I'm doing it. Hey. When I do walked it. in, um, so I was down in Virginia uh, over the break in April, and I went to a, a brewery called Precarious. And they had a very similar layout that you did. The only difference was they had a little more space. And they had like a little ar arcade. So they really didn't use it for, you know, beer wise, but these are for more of that family atmosphere where I can just give my kids a roll of quarters and send them on their way, slap them on the butt, say, go shoot me a couple of deer <laughs> at the big buck hunter. And we're good to go for a couple hours. But uh, the same thing, they had uh, a very similar layout that you did. And the the brew house and the, the inside space, the performance stage that you have here, the outside space that kind of wrapped around and, um, you know, for what they are in, in Williamsburg, Virginia is an excellent space. And I think they have a very similar vibe that, that you did as well. I appreciated for me, the punk rock kid, uh, the music that was playing the, the vibe on the, the patio, the vibe inside. Did you guys kind of carefully go through this whole plan and really decide on all of these elements? Is that something that really like as, as a startup brewery thinks about, I'm just so curious about that concept. Like, do you really think about all those little details? Every possible one and, and, and more than once, um, because, you know, when it becomes time to actually um, risk everything you have and everything you'll probably make in the next 10 years, um, you, you just can't hope uh, is what it really came down to. And it became it, it very much focused on the why are people going to like it here and what can I control? And I, like I said, mentioned before, I can't control that this is going to be your favorite beer on Long Island. I can't control it. I, can, I compare it to pizza. We we all like to have a favorite pizza place for no real reason, right? Yeah, really. Yeah. I just what you grew up with or what was local or, or whatever the reason is. Right. So I learned quickly that was out of my control. There was great breweries that were empty all the time hmm. for no reason. I said, I can't control that. I can't control that. You'll think I'll have the best food either. But what the one thing I can control is that when you come here, you're gonna have an awesome time. And and what that what does that include? Uh, part of that is I had a weird I had a weird time in my life where I ran a nightclub in the Hamptons. And you mm. think, well, how could this correlate, right? How weird did it get, Jeff? <laughs> I mean, Sean Merriman, housewife, <laughs> football player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> any weird thing you could talk about, you know? Yeah. Please just stop doing your drugs here. You know, like. Well, apparently I'm drinking my drugs, yeah, all right? Exactly. So I got to really work on that. Yeah. That's exactly but what I pictured. I, I look back at what that nightclub was, and, and again, these drinks were good, and they were food was fine, but when people came, they had an awesome time, and all they wanted to know is that they wanted other people to know they were there having an 
awesome. Ah. And so that's why you'll see a giant mural that people Instagram like crazy. You'll see a, a dumb statue that is fun to Instagram with. You'll see a beautiful outdoor space with furniture that looks great in pictures. And like every part of the experience is what I could control. And so I, I took everything I could to get it the experience I want. There's no TVs in the brewery. Why? Because I want you to sit in front of your stupid friends and have a conversation with <laughs> you know, and enjoy it. Don't stare at a TV for three hours. Yeah. Because when I go to a bar and watch a game, I stare at a TV, I don't talk to anybody, and I leave. And right. that's not the experience I want you to have here. The experience you're having at the brewery is the one I, hope, I think people enjoy the most. And, and the music and the stuff on the walls. and, and the- I will say Primus was playing when we walked in, and I was very happy about that. <laughs> there you go. John the Fisherman, specifically. Was, oh, I was going to say, was it Sea of Cheese? John the Fisherman, which I think is on Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Ah, there you go. All right. And obviously now I have to check. Yeah, it's a, Pete's got to do the research on it. <laughs> I, I think that's an interesting marketing angle, Jeff, because you know a lot of people will see a brewery and go, oh, well, they just have a nice space or they just have this and, and that's all they are. But if you combine that with good beer, good atmosphere, like you said, removing the distractions as best you can to allow people to kind of come and congregate and enjoy each other's company, that can build more of an atmosphere than anything else. I know that you said you were looking at every possible angle. What else uh, am I missing here and thought process and decision-making that went into this? First of all, too, I don't want to downplay how important great beer is to everything. I just knew I couldn't control what everybody thought about it. Once I Mm -hmm. met James, I was very comfortable with knowing we'd have very, very, very good beer here and that beer people would like. Uh, As far as other decisions, uh, little things, open kitchen. You know, that's, that's a little idea that also, yeah. Yep. Um, just the amount of the brewing area you get to see, um, where you look at it and you say, Hey, look, they brew right there. Those are those <laughs> tanks down right there. Those what are the tanks. But we don't need to see every chai clamp or the floor drain. Right. Right. I can't tell, but they do it all right there. Um, you know, something simple as everybody wanted me to put a drop ceiling in the place and I refused. Because I want every inch of that 20-foot ceiling for people to enjoy. Um, And also, honestly, to absorb some of the sound that's coming out of the thing so you can enjoy more of the intimate table conversation. When it's so low, it gets much louder. Just being an audio engineer myself, I know that sound needs room to move, to, to have time to decay before it reaches back to somebody else. And it actually, with the amount of people that were in there, and it was pretty much every seat in the house was filled, it really wasn't all that loud, which was awesome. And and you can have a conversation at the table and we can except enjoy each other. Pete's son. Yeah, right. Except for Pete's son screaming. Yeah, at the right, exactly. You he, know, he wanted to, yeah, issue some complaints to the manager, but <laughs> they were sorted out. It was, but he wanted even, more pretzel. <laughs> even the music um, setup we have, you know, is I wanted a system that musicians could plug right into so they weren't blaring from one side of the stage where it was too loud in front and too quiet in the back. You know, that was an investment we made. And yeah. the, we keep talking about the giant pretzel. Well, the reason that pretzel is so giant is because when people see it, like you said, oh my God, look at that pretzel. I want, I need that pretzel. Let me take a Let's picture of it. See across the brewery. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, my staff hates it because by <laughs> eight o'clock at night, there is salt from one end. Everywhere. Everywhere. All over our table. All over our table on the floor. It's really the floor. It's the floor because it's, it's all floor. cement. You can watch each piece of salt, salt bounce <laughs> down the place. And they hate it, but. I'll never change it. We sell, we're mostly a pretzel company that also makes a little bit of food. <laughs> we, uh, I used to work at the meatball place in Farmingdale and we had a giant pretzel. Same thing. Every table, every inch of that bar that someone was near with that giant pretzel, salt everywhere with the same little hooks, same everything. 
And it is. But you know what? It's it, everyone in the place saw that pretzel coming out and everyone's like, oh, shit, I need a pretzel. Like, it's oh, like the sizzling fajitas. Yeah, exactly. Yes. exactly. And there's there's a giant pretzel everybody uses. It's a giant pretzel. It's very, very big. Yeah. And I, I, because I worked for Cisco for all these years, Cisco Foods, I knew there's this other pretzel <laughs> that is just a little bit bigger. And I was like, you got to get me that pretzel from this company. I need this many. I need the hooks. You know, and yeah. just little things like that, that, you know, it is the experience. That pretzel is so big. The burger is supposed to be, you know, I could have gotten it. I had that. Yeah, the burger. It's a brisket short rib chuck blend. Yep. Like, mm. thick, you know, Tasty. like. If I'm going to do these things, let's make Steve got the uh, the pork belly, pork belly sandwich. Toast. Holy oh, shit. Baby. That's our cheese toasties. Yeah, the yeah it was toasties. awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I uh, I like I said, we we watched the uh, when we sat down relatively close to the uh, place where people are, you know, picking up their food. And we just kind of you know looked around like, oh, what's that? Mm, OK, we'll take one of those and one of those. <laughs> and it really does make a difference. You know, I bartender at restaurants for 20 years, you know what sells and all you have to do is sell one of them. And people go, oh, well, that'll do. Yep. I'm going to take one of those. And, you know, the pretzel is a big thing just because it's big and, and bold and you can see it from across the room. It's a it's a big seller. How many of those do you think you go through a day? Um, we, on, on like the busiest day, we'll say like a weekend or something like that. Oh, about 250 pretzels. Holy <laughs> shit. It's stupid. Is your, is your freezer just full of pretzels? Yes. I keep every delivery. We get 15 more cases, 20 more cases. Of pretzels. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. That's stupid. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, uh, brew cheese. Cause that was delicious too. Are you guys making that in house? Yeah. They use the, uh, stargazer, uh, pale ale. Ah. The chef utilizes beer in two items. One's the beer cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, with the pale ale. And also, if you get the funnel fries, which are, if you ever had a funnel cake, they're just in the shape of French fries. Um, ah. And he uses the nitro stout to make a caramel out of that. Ooh, so we nice. try to do some fun stuff with, with what's in-house. You know? Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Steve, we're uh, getting close to the end here. You want to go through your three questions so I can take a pee-pee? All right. So Steven's going to ask you the same three questions. It's that time of the night. (laughs) It is that time of the night. I am filling up already to here because I started drinking before the show. That's the reason. Uh, All right. So uh, you guys could choose how you, you know, who wants to answer first or, but we'll go with the very first question. What was that first craft beer that you had that turned you on? You said, wow, I got to know more about craft beer. What's, what's going on here? Uh, Obviously, it was yada, yada, yada. <laughs> no, no, the first, it was when I was, I, I alluded to it a little bit, kind of. The first beer I had where I thought I was drinking something different, uh, which made me want to know more about it. It's not that crafty, but uh, Sam Adams Rebel IPA okay. was the first IPA I had. Where I was like, hey, this is all right. I, I was like, IPAs are gross up until that moment. <laughs> and then I was I like, Rebel Rider, the session one, which I also thought was delicious. Right. And at that time, they had a couple of new beers they came out with where I started buying variety packs and it led, just led down this terrible, and here I am, right? Um, but the, the Rebel IPA, the Red Label, that was the first one where I thought I was, thought I was drinking something fancy and I wanted to know more. Cool. James? Uh, it's probably uh, Toasted Lager from uh, Blue Point. Love it. Yeah. And it's funny, I've asked this question many times and I actually get a lot of that. A lot of, a lot of people will be like, yeah, Toasted Lager, uh, you know, kind of broke their cherry so to speak uh second question what's your favorite style if you were just to drink one i'm i'm an ipa guy and it's uh it's it's what i drink even wherever i go i'll start there you know i'll usually get a flight of whatever ipas they have there and then kind of make a decision and then 
branch out a little bit, but I've kind of got, I'm, I'm stuck in that spot right now. James is, James, is, I, I don't want to spoil his answer, but he's trying to get me to enjoy Saison's every time I see him. And I'm learning. And I'm yes, learning. But, do it. Uh, I'm trying. I let him put one. If James had his way, there'd be nine Saison's on tap. Oh, God. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> yeah, but it's really great. Nobody will ever come here, but thank you. Except for Pete. I love it. I love it. That's a great idea. James would be there. So I hope I didn't spoil your answer, James. But I'm, I'm stuck in the IPA. I just, I just, they're all so damn different. And it, I haven't really, you know, if someone tells you what do you like most about why I, I would struggle to nail it down. Um, I just know what I like and when it happens, it happens. But IPA. What do you think's making a, a, on the island? Who do you think's making a great IPA right now? I, that's, I feel like it's a shitty question because everyone's making like five fucking IPAs at any given moment. There's on a county brewing. Uh, yes. Oh, good answer. Good answer. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's not the beer I look forward to most on tap, but my, probably one of my favorite beers I see around is barriers money IPA. Boom. Um, yeah. It's a good one. Good answer. And no matter where I'm at, if I see, if I see that at a beverage store or whatever, you know, if I could get James to copy that recipe, I'd be the happiest guy on the planet just so I could drink it at my house. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's my favorite beer going. It's just so consistent. Some days you walk into these places and you're like, let me try something new I've never had before. But then that can with the big grill is just staring at you. And you're like, all right, baby, come home with daddy. And that's <laughs> it's money, baby. Yeah, exactly. We had Bobby on and I was talking to him about the collaboration they did with, um, with, uh, sand city, that, uh, ish cray, that ish cray for me was one of the best, uh, hazy double IPAs that I think I've ever had. It was so light, but yet so potent and so delicious. Something that they did with that. I, I wanted to find out the secret. I couldn't get out of Bobby, but maybe we'll get out of like Bill or somebody when we talk well, to San you, you guys probably know more than about this than I do, but um, I love everything they do. And now they open Darling Brewing down here where I live in Patchogue. Yeah. We had Chris on uh, earlier in the year. We actually, he was the one that kicked off season four. Great. And Chris, I, I run into Chris, we talk, and I, I really like what they're doing there. And it has a similar type of feel to it. And I'm always excited to see what they got going on. It's like that type of, of uh, experience. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they just did, uh, well, they didn't just do, but they've done collabs to start off this year with Dubco. They did a collab with Nightmare. They've gotten the name out there a little more. So hopefully they can do better than Patrick Beer Project did. Yeah, they were was, nice, and I was rooting for them too. But uh, uh, yeah, I know tough some business model in, in a tough town. That's what it is. It's just a tough town. James, what's your, uh, what, did, I don't know if Jeff stole your thunder. What's, what's your favorite style? Uh, I mean, my favorite style always changes on like what I'm brewing because I'm researching it. I'm like trying other beers to see like if there's something that in like one of those styles that I particularly want to incorporate into what I'm doing. So it's like, and my I always feel like my palate's changing all the time too. Like like one minute you're like in love with IPAs and then the next minute you're like, no, I want a Russian Imperial Stout. But uh, <laughs> just but, like that. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time I, yeah, I like, I love Saison's. That's a good go-to style for me, you know, like. People love to like hate on the French and Belgian style beers, but I'm like, they're fantastic. Yeah. All day. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the last question. So you're out at a restaurant, not yours, and uh, you're looking for a beer. What's your go-to beer other than something you brew? Uh, Allagash White is uh, always, especially fresh on tap, is just and, a and really I think, good. I think Jeff already answered his money IPA. Oh. No, I like that one a lot, but really, um, uh, Cigar City Highlight. 
Ooh. Ah, okay. I, I went to Florida and I was on vacation and a bunch of years ago and I said, give me something local, give me something good. And the guy came out with a came out the bag with a can of highlight. Once I figured out how to say it, I was like, this is what I want to get every bar around. And what I is this jaw lie? Um, what is this Muslim beer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did this come from? This I thought there was prohibition on alcohol. And yeah. 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 <laughs> Didn't make much sense. Yeah. I mean, so Cigar so City and uh, Maduro was one of the first Browns I've ever had. And that kind of holds a special place for me and like the experience over the years. Um, we got a, a lot of people, by the way, recently checking in on Instagram. 90 Second Beer Review, the boys over there saying, what's up? Uh, Philbert513 said he went from a New England IPA to a fruited sour really quick this past year. Do you guys have any uh, sours coming out on the uh, schedule in the next few uh, weeks, months? Yeah, we're, we're working on that. Once we get the uh, brew house, like a little more uh, familiarity with it. And, uh, you know, like I, I mastered the uh, manifold there. Uh, we're working on a pineapple lactose uh, sour. Mm. Something very tropical for the summer weeks ahead. Yeah, so something to... shirt Friday. Yeah, there you go. That would look really uh, nice out on the deck. The picturesque uh, uh, Peconic River oh, yeah. out on the dock with their Peconic Sour and their Hawaiian shirt. And of course, mm. their pink seltzer. Yeah, and their pink <laughs> seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to be, a, you got to have, like you said, a, a a staple here for these upcoming weeks and months, something that kind of draws them in. In addition to, like you said, the, seeking out the wine and bring in local, uh, you know, wineries and other ingredients from the Island, having that pink seltzer has got to be, you know, one of the things that could separate you out from some of the rest. Well, it's all, it's, you know, as I said before, I'm, I'm only a sales guy that happened to really like craft beer. Right. So James and I go back and forth of beers. We really like versus beers. People really want to buy. And, yep. and that is the struggle and Big difference take the rye saison for example james and i both love it you know um we both think it's a really good beer even you know, i'm not a saison guy i'm not a rye guy i like that beer it was one of the ones we picked but people come and they have one and they're like oh this is really great let me get three ipas after that you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so the difference of what we sell you know if you compare the dream girl and the rye saison you'd be like why are you even doing that Right. Um, and it's a shame because that's what it, it start talking about sours and it's the same. It's going to be the same thing with the sours. We're going to make a really great sour. I've tried it. It's awesome. And yeah, I'm not a sour guy and I like it. It's great. And people are going to have one, but this was a really great sour. I'll take three IPAs, you know, and that's just, that's just what's going to happen. And it's, it's a weird business, but that's what's the balance. Right. But if you guys, I, I feel like sours are, are making, are making well, a lot of inroads. I feel like that's like for summer, like that is the IPA is, Right. Well, you I mean, know, this, everyone's this going like sour. Third, I know Mike is. Yeah, of course. The third year, this is we're in like the third season of sours being one of the most prevalent, you know, things for the summertime months. Right. So I remember a few years ago when sours started becoming a thing and I'm like, eh, I'm not quite there. I'm not. I'm not. And then all of a sudden, like there's a few that local breweries have made that I went, oh, yeah, no, I can totally get into this. I'm not talking about 450 North. They make smoothies, although uh, Philbert513 loves a fruit smoothie. But uh, for the most part, I like a good, you know, clean sour. So Dubco made that uh, raspberry and black tea sour. That's right up my alley. It's not over the top sour. It's not over the top flavor or sweet. It's got a good balance and kind of that's what I'm looking for. So if you can balance out those fruit flavors with, 
you know, some sort of other thing. Ghost makes a really great sour as well. They did a couple along the way in the last few uh, years. Those are the types of things that really, I think that are going to start converting over some palates, uh, not only for the standard IPA drinker like myself, which is pretty much what I've been for 10 years now, um, but also to kind of give them an option, a, a secondary option outside of a, you know, a Saison or maybe even a, uh, a lager or a pills. I go, oh, well, something else that I can sip on that's not overly sweet or overly sour. So it totally is about options and it's about differentiating yourself from other breweries. But even someone yourself, you say you're, you like sours. If you compared your beer purchase volume to sours to any other category, right? That you'd be like, oh, it's probably 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the balance. And the, we have 30 barrel fermenters. Okay, so we're going to make 60 half barrels of this pineapple lactose sour. And how long is that going to sit there? You know, right. and, you know, so, okay, we'll make a half batch. Okay, so we'll make a half batch. Okay, but that is time. You know, I got the distributor banging my head in for more IPA and more wit. <laughs> and I got, you know, 30 kegs of the sour that we're going to sell all summer long. You know, it's just it's just the balance of what this looks like. I, I you know, I, that's the reason... Some of the stuff, you know, you got you got that line of, you know, sales versus cool stuff you want to do. That's why there's 10 taps. I told James, I get five, you get five. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's kind of how we live, you know, and that we wanted his five. And that's got to be tricky, too, because let's say we go into these summer months and all of a sudden sours just explode. You got to be ready for that. You got to be ready to provide the audience with something that they are going to want. And if you're a lineup that doesn't have a sour, people are going to look for that and go, oh, well, this place doesn't have a sour. All right, so we're, let's find a place that had sours. It might be that way. I'm not saying it is, but it you could be. So you got to be prepared. want it that way, sir. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I still will go to my IPAs. Are you kidding me? I would drink Dream Girl all day. It's delicious. We're, we're, James and I are lucky to work with a woman named Christine McCormick, who uh, formerly of Jamesport Brewery, mm. is out of the three of us, uh, out of the three of us, she's the most uh, organized two people. I'll just say it's that bad. I'll just go with that. Yeah. And so, you know, when I ask, I'll be, Christine, I need a, a map of when we're going to run out of everything here and what's going to replace it and when do we brew it and when will it be done so we can bridge these gaps with ah, the Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So prepared. And, and this is a meeting. James, Christine, and I sat down for an hour and a half today going over, okay, we're going to run out of this. What date are we going to run out of this? And when do we need to start brewing to be ready? And what is the plan for the season? And if Christine wasn't there, uh, it would be a lot harder. We'd get it done because James and I are smart adults. But Christine is really helping driving the ship to make sure that people get the sours when they want it, to make sure we have our pumpkin beer when it's ready. She's just a really great part of the team I want to make sure we talk about today. Really quick, uh, 90 second beer review. I'm not sure if it's Howie uh, or whoever uh, agreed that the Saison was delicious, had a couple of weeks ago, and it went great with the burger on the menu. So you're doing some careful planning here with the beers and the and the menu i concur um you know that's one you know the menu is pretty safe without you can line up those food items with almost anything you know we we as things get going we might match them up a little more in the slower seasons yeah um but as we're coming into summer here it's just uh, let's get some great beer up there let's get some great food on there unless the people match it up themselves <laughs> there you go james uh how how um how was it working with Steve? I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I bring it up at one point. <laughs> well, guys, it was good night. And here we go for the roast of Steve Feminsky. No, it, I mean, working with Steve it was just uh, awesome. Like from day one, we had a good uh, camaraderie, like, you know, always fun, telling jokes, uh, good atmosphere, uh, 
I don't know. We worked like a really well-oiled machine. Like we had one or two other guys that were always in there from time to time working with us. And like everybody would do their part to like chip in and make sure the work was done and that we were doing what we needed to get done, you know? And then if we had a moment of free time, like maybe we'd be out in the parking lot while we were doing football. Yeah. Yeah. Wiffle ball, you know, for like a few minutes and just enjoying the sun for a minute, you know, but, uh, working at barrage was, uh, awesome, awesome times. You know, I still hold it close to me. So, and, uh, I appreciate Steve giving me, uh, you know, my first job in the industry. So, and he taught me a lot, so it's awesome. Sorry, uh, ninety second beer review. I know it's Howie and Ryan. I I'm just in the middle of trying to ask a question. <laughs> By the way, I know they they respond in as Ryan. I know it's Ryan. I'm just trying to get to the question quicker because I've had a lot to drink tonight. So I apologize, <laughs> Ryan. And Ryan, uh, thanks again for having us for the uh, the uh, Valentine's Day spectacular. Yes, no, I know. And you have your glass there, right aren't there. you? There it I is. Do. Pints of love. Great, great. Uh, uh, I guess online virtual. Uh, beer, fest, beer fest, which was awesome. I, mean, I had a lot of fun doing that. So, sorry, Ryan. I, I know it was Ryan. Again, I was just trying to get through the, so quick. Um, and I'm still kind of living my high from interviewing Zane Lamprey. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, really quick. Uh, so, Jeff, what do we have planned for the future here? What's what's the the first thing on the agenda that needs to get accomplished? I guess inside or even outside of COVID restrictions, and then kind of what can we expect here coming up in the future? Oh, we need some new beers on tap, which is what we're <laughs> working on now. I was um, actually going to ask, you guys just started brewing. Yeah. What were the beers you guys brewed? So we brewed the Dream Girl uh, because we do have a very high demand for that right now, which is awesome. And we drew, we, um, we brewed the Hampton Haze because um, James and I just had different goals for what we wanted that beer to turn out like. So we're going to make that accomplished now. Uh, to put it that way. And so we start with that. And then the third beer we're going to brew maybe tomorrow, James, if the, the FedEx come anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ingredients show up in the elevator. We'll right, get them in pretty there. Pretty much. Pretty much. We're working on a uh, passion, passion fruit Blondale oh. uh, ready for summer. Uh, that That's going to be the next one. And then right after that, we're going to hit the session IPA and kind of move on from one of the other IPAs. And, um, you know, it's so funny. We've been open for two and a half months, right? And people mm-hmm. are like, uh, no new beers yet? I'm like, hold on, man. We, <laughs> you know, we're just getting going. Whoa. So it'll be exciting to get some of uh, James and Christine's hard work out there. Um, actually, soup to nuts from the building. So that's coming soon. And then, you know, it's fixing every leak and it's it's redoing the systems. And we, had, uh, we were on Channel 12 News this weekend. Yep. And uh, we got our faces beat in with customers, which was awesome. But it was just was it, it took it took us real quick that like okay let's let's fix some of these systems to make them a little better. Do we need another guy in the brewing area? Do we need another cook? Do we need uh, another hostess? Do we need um, you know you name it? Let's fix it. And it's just a non. I meet with everybody every week and I say okay, what do we do to make it better? You know, great job. What do we do to make it better? And that that will never stop. You know, from food yeah. items to beer to uh, music to you name it. Well, 20 years in the restaurant industry, every day I came in, there was something new and I used to get sick of it. But then I realized as I grew through the years, how important that was for the business to continue. It needs to constantly evolve and address the audience and the customer's you know, needs. And that's the way you stay in business. Otherwise, you're just going to fail and everyone's going to get a bad rap and there they go. Bye bye. Never again. Right. It's the why. Why am I going back? You know, we have guys who work at the aquarium who come three times a week. And if we don't do, nice. I'm not even exaggerating. They're great. And if we don't, Those penguins will make you drink. I was going to say, <laughs> I'll trade you a penguin egg. We have a hundred <laughs> times bring the penguins in, but if we don't add specials or have a new, something new for them to look forward to, or even 
you know, I'm, I, you guys may have noticed I'm very active on social media and yeah. it, you just need something new to talk about because yeah. otherwise you can't hear the same story over and over again. We have a pretty deck and we have a big space. Like that's going to get old, <laughs> you know, real quick. So it's just what's new, what's next, why, why are people coming in this weekend? Uh, really quick, Philbert513 said, Blonde Ales are great for the summer, warmer weather. So excited to get out there. So, Phil, you better get your ass out to Pecana County Brewing and uh, go ahead and check them out. Uh, gentlemen, uh, really quick, really appreciate uh, you spending time with us today and being patient while we had Zane on earlier. I want you guys to get all the plugs out there, all the information that people can find you and get you on all the social media. And, of course, give me some hours of operation where you're located and all that other good stuff. You can follow us at james.miller. <laughs> Send only dick pics. Sorry, James. No. I know. Well, you know what? I, I'm getting a little tipsy, so this is why we end the we show earlier. Because otherwise, it would be not just that. He's more of a feet pick guy anyway. But anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, follow us on Instagram. That really is where the most active, at Peconic County Brewing. Um, the website has updates, PecanaCountyBrewing.com, but um, Facebook, all the spots. It was, we were lucky to get Pecana County Brewing. Um, Instagram is the most of it. We're our downtown Riverhead, 21 East Main Street, down by the river. Um, down nobody, by the river. In a, in a brewery. In a brewery. Down by the <laughs> river. river. Yeah, I like it. And that's it. Everything's on Instagram. Follow us there. We're open every day from noon to 10, um, Monday, Monday through Sunday. Lunch, full kitchen. No, you can't bring your own food in. No, we don't take <laughs> reservations. Yes, your dogs are welcome on the patio. Those are Ooh, the those nice. phone calls I get all the time. <laughs> there you go. Those are three top phone calls. You those know what? Are- you should you should probably start taking a page out of barriers uh, when they were doing like those mini episodes, like a three minute Instagram TV kind of thing. Oh, great! You got to do like a uh, a a parody of Down by the River. That <laughs> that would attract people. Done. Sit okay. on the dock and Let's you do it. Let's get a beer down by the river. That'd be perfect. <laughs> we'll put somebody in there for you. I'll, I'll hire you a, uh, a good talent that could really do a Chris Farley very well. When Zane is in town, we'll get him to do something. Now we're talking. There we go. And yeah. I do. I, I, I'm serious. Let's get Zane some beer for October 3rd. Uh, whatever it takes to get him there, to get it there. I'll be there. I don't know if you guys are going to end up going or whatever. Uh, maybe you know someone at Blue Point with a hook. But uh, let's get him some some Peconic. Uh, County Brewing Company, and we'll, 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 I want to hand it to him. I'm like, this is the beer I told you about. I'm, Let's I'm, drink still, some of this. I'm still a little depressed of realizing how much I am a failed Zane. I am just, <laughs> it, like, it, was, it was too much for me. I'm like, like, I guess it was possible. You know, somebody did it. <laughs> you know what? If, if Zane ended up failing as well and opened up a brewery, I think he'd be just as happy with all his cats and his beautiful wife. Yeah. So yeah, his dogs, cats, and everything else. Yeah, everything else. Uh, gentlemen, uh, again, appreciate your time. Thanks very much for everything tonight. Go to, uh, the county, uh, Peconic, the county, Peconic county brewing company, really Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I did. I started drinking way too early tonight, but that's all right. I needed to take the edge off. There it is. Look at that can beautiful crawler. Uh, Aloysius. If you want to uh, win tomorrow tickets for tomorrow, uh, again, if you say the name or the phrase that pays, Aloysius, then you can absolutely win two free tickets to AC Beer Fest June 4th. June 4th, AC Beer Fest, two free tickets. DM us tomorrow at, uh, I guess, 6 a.m. Whatever you feel like it, whoever the first one is to get us, you'll get the free tickets. So check it out. Uh, we will be having uh, Finch Brewing Company down in Virginia on in two weeks. And then we are live at AC Beer Fest June 4th and 5th, a weekend of good times. Again, thanks, James and Jeff, for being with us tonight. 
This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. We'll start with you, Steve. What do we got? Uh, I just want to say uh, we lost a, a real uh, great brewer and and uh, mentor for me and Tommy Keegan from Keegan Ales. Uh, passed away suddenly this weekend. And uh, brother, this one is for you. May we meet again. R.I.P. Goat. Thanks a lot, Keegan, for everything Cheers. you guys have done. Pete? I'll I'll drink to that. There you go. This is the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com, and we out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.